you ever order so much crap online that a package comes to your house and you don't know what it is? Yes. I had a package apparently came today while I was at work and uh, my wife was asleep. She she couldn't get up and uh, get to the door fast enough for FedEx. They left one of the little sticky notes saying, mm-hmm. hey, we were here. Uh, it needs a signature. And... I talked to her while I was at work, and she was like, yeah, there's a package that came by that needs a signature. And, like, my mind was doing, like, trigonometry. <laughs> I could, I was like, what the fuck did I order that requires a signature? Yeah. It, it never it never ceases to amaze me. The, the I, I, don't, I don't know what all stipulations incur or come about that require a signature for things. Because I've, I've had a sign for like a box of socks before <laughs> like what the hell just drop the box off dude i've had like you know three or four hundred dollars worth of electronics just left on my step on my stoop <laughs> but i got a sign for you know thirty dollars worth of socks okay captain yeah captain kid that's right that's a persona five reference folks uh, so yeah, like I'm looking through order histories of like Amazon and other places I order stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell have I? What I see these two or three orders I have out there, but none of them, none of them would require a signature that I would think. You would think that a signature would be something from another country. I get those, or maybe like a super high priced item. But I guess it also it's just if the if the seller slash shipper requests a signature, mm-hmm. but it's more of the it's more of trying to get my head around the. It's like what? Yeah. Oh, well, we shall see. Yeah, typically that's cool? go ahead, go ahead. That's more for you know like eBay stuff. We'll do that sometimes. You know, other than yeah. Amazon, Amazon doesn't do it unless it's really expensive. Yeah. The cool thing is, uh, I think UPS has had this as well. They like they leave the sticker there, and it's like if you just sign this and leave it, you know, back on your door, we'll drop the package off. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to go through the, the rigmarole, which is good, man. It's that's it's gonna get into something that I'm gonna talk about in my freaking week. But <laughs> I, the the older I get, and the more I, I, man, I, my mind is going four different ways with this. So I had a discussion uh, uh, earlier this year with somebody. I don't even know how we got on the subject, but we were talking about uh, millennials. And apparently, go figure, I apparently am a millennial. I think millennials started in like 80, 80 and 81, and I was born in 82. So... Granted, I this is all a grain of salt, man. I treat this shit like uh, 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 parties uh, for what am I saying? Political parties. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. It's I have a whole lot to say about political parties and, and grouping people together in what you are, but taking a taking millions upon millions of people and lumping them all together, Americans, and lumping them together in the same mentality based on what year they were born. That's just some generalization that I don't I don't it doesn't bode well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. That's you you might as well just call me a fucking nerd just because I play video games. Like you know, stereotypes don't 
they're not always the greatest thing in the world to do. But there is part of the millennial mentality that I do uh, take advantage of every chance I get. And that's just the interconnected in nature of people via the Internet, especially when it comes to goods. Sure. Uh, I don't know how far me and my wife would ever get into it, but I guarantee that if you asked us if we could go online and point and click the groceries we wanted and have them delivered to us for a reasonable fee, we would probably do that. So the only f- we totally did that last week. Oh yeah, yeah. Did our work? local Walmart. Um, uh, they've partnered with uh, DoorDash, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. So we got our groceries delivered. Chris, I'm um, I man. Take the mic, sir. Tell me how this went. What was it like? How did how did it goods bads? Tell us. So I'm interested. We've typically used since Walmart started doing it their uh, online ordering, and you just pick up all your groceries. They load your car up for you, uh-huh. um, which is great. You just literally drive up, pop your trunk, or you know back seat, depending on your vehicle, whatever it is. Uh, they load it up. You never have to get out of your car. Um, oh, wow. I normally do just to make sure they. Stuff is at least somewhat situated because nobody can ever Tetris, you know, the trunk properly like I can. Uh, (laughs) That's the damn truth. uh, So frustrating. Or they'll put sodas loose in the trunk. It's like, why could you not put those in a bag? They don't even have (laughs) handles. You know, I get with milk. Okay. It's a gallon of milk has a handle. Fine. Okay. Yeah. I still prefer yeah. a bag just for ease of carrying multiple things at once, but that makes sense. That's the point of it. But when I have yeah. six two liters, <laughs> why would you not bag them? Two per bag, yeah. call it good. Three if you're feeling, you know, adventurous and double bag it, uh, you know, yeah. but so frustrating. Anyway, so we've done that for a while. Uh, the It's a little bit awkward having groceries delivered. Uh, cause mm-hmm. I've used prime now and that's typically just like a brown bag full of stuff size. Um, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, like a full grocery order, like, you know, a hundred bucks of groceries, but it was kind of awkward. The person is going back and forth with Walmart bags of stuff <laughs> to your place. And I live in an apartment, so I, they have to be buzzed in and stuff. Um, what I actually did was I have a little, a uh, flat dolly thing mm-hmm. and I put a storage container and I just wheeled it out towards the outside door uh, uh-huh. so it could just be loaded up and I just pulled it all inside uh, nice. trying to reduce the number of trips but it's a little bit awkward with that much stuff but they also have like a $50 minimum so you're going to have a decent amount of stuff anyway oh yeah um, I mean if we go grocery shopping it's it's grocery shopping for two weeks so yeah yeah we're pretty much weekly yeah, so it wasn't bad. How price was it? I mean, if you wish to disclose, like, do they charge you like so much per cent you spend, or is it just a flat rate? You have it's going to be this amount extra over the groceries, or or what? What's delivery fee like? Um, well, technically, I think they advertise it as free delivery. Um, what? That's something that Walmart is doing on their side. I mean, just like with their online pickup. I mean, that's free. 
They're, they have Chris, to. They you have are to compete. me right now. Yeah, they have to compete with all these other places. So you're telling me that me and my wife could go to Walmart.com, shop, and pick out all the items like we do, just like when we're going to the store. Click buy, check out, select the delivery time. They come delivery, and if we if we spent three hundred dollars on groceries, that's all we spend. I believe so. Wow, man! I'm telling you, me and her are gonna have a talk when she gets home. Now, granted, it may not be it's, down there yet. Um, right, we right, just right. Got well, it up here. Well, even that, we we have uh, the the main Walmart that we do go grocery shopping at. We do have the uh, they do have the the curbside pickup mm-hmm. deal. Um, and it's gonna be, <clears throat> excuse me. There, there's a, there's some reasons why we probably won't do any of it anyway. Maybe, maybe if the delivery thing comes around, maybe we would probably be swayed to do it. But we shop on base and we shop at sure. the commissary. So I mean that alone. I think I mentioned this before in another episode, but that is like that's chunked anywhere from fifty to a hundred dollars every trip off of our bu- off yeah. our bills. So oh yeah, absolutely yeah. But e- but but even so. Uh, it, th- this is, this is where the, this folds back into what even got this whole thing started. <laughs> it's the price for convenience. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I as a grown man and a grown wife and a grown woman with her that w- our, our money, what is our money worth that we say, okay, from the time that we, if, this is how anal I get about this. If, if we are going grocery shopping, I start my mental clock from the time that we go, all right, let's get ready. So we got to fucking get, if maybe, maybe not, take a shower, take baths, brush teeth, get dressed, get shit together, drive all the way there, do the shopping, pay for it, get the shit loaded up in the car, drive all the way back home, and then disperse all the groceries. Yep. So if I'm taking out everything I just said, with the exception of unload the groceries at the house, that's for her, me and her to decide as grown, bill-paying, working, we do what the fuck we want with our money individuals, what are we willing to pay for? Like, are we willing to spend an extra 20 bucks, 40 bucks? To me, that two and a half, p- potentially three hours out of a day, you better believe it's worth oh, it. Yeah. We pay, uh, I, I think, do you do you pay to have your grass mowed, Chris? I'm in an apartment, so no, not right now. Oh, but okay, I did well, before. That's, that's, that's never, right, so... There we go. I have lots of people around me. And again, we don't have kids yet. Whenever I do, I'll, my, my son will be mowing my lawn because uh, I had to do it. But uh, yeah, I have a lawn mower and yes, I have a weed eater and it is nothing above me to mow and weed eat my own yard. It will take it takes me from the time that I get dressed to the time that I hop out of the the bath I need afterwards, a total of around two hours flat to do all that. Fuck that. I pay the $35 every other week, a little more than the, uh, every other week, and somebody comes out here and does it for me. And people look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, I would not do that if I could not afford it. You know, right. that $35 is not me looking at my wife and going, well, I know you really like to have the extra nice steaks for dinner or whatever, but we're not going to have what you want because I don't want to mow the lawn. No, it's just we can, we can afford it. It's in our budget to do it. Yeah. So same thing comes with these groceries, man. I'm telling you, Chris, you better believe two and a half, potentially two and a half to three hours of my of a day, any day, whether it's a day off or a day after work, I would, I would 
definitely pay 35 40 bucks to have somebody bring this stuff to me you know that's that's maybe 15 to 20 minutes of you and, and your partner or just you whatever sitting in front of your of computer going click yes add to cart click add to cart click add to cart and then you just wait when they get here, you put the groceries away. I've now shaved, instead of three hours, maybe half an hour to 45 minutes tops. Worth it to me. Yeah. This is the age that we live in, and this is the thing that, you know, this is kind of a millennial mentality that, yeah, I do attach to. I, depending on what it is, it's all situational, uh, but I, I'll take things like that and weigh the, uh, the, the pros and the cons because as an, as an older guy, as a person, period, once you're out of high school and you have responsibilities that you have to take care of, job, uh, uh, marriage, children, maybe second job, college, buddy, I, I have one job right now and I'm not in school and I have no kids and still my time is valuable to me. You know, I know when I get home from work, I've got from the time that I sit down and can relax until about probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock before it's time to go to sleep. Everything in that time period is valuable to me. So if I can remove three hours and give them back to me and my wife. Oh, yes. Mm. I love it. I love it. Um. It's not to me that mentality is not that's not a, mil- a millennial mentality. I think that needs to be attributed to just laziness. We can mow our own lawn, man. We can go shopping and get our own groceries. We can do all these things. But if I have if I've done it long enough and I know how to do it, like I can see if you've never done it, maybe that's, you know, just go experience it and be a you know, a, a societal person, I guess. I guess learning to do your own shopping is kind of important. Sort of. But, yeah, man, if you can afford it and it's within your budget means to do it, yeah. There's a – what else? What else? We have uh, down here a food delivery system called Waiter. It's Mm W-A-I-T-R. And it's designed to – this is a genius idea, super genius idea, but – it's it's a company that ha- that has people that are basically like Uber drivers, but they but they're for food. You put an order in to f- fucking name a place, McDonald's, and you say you want the fucking large number two with fries and a fucking chocolate milkshake and two apple pies, and somebody else goes and picks up your order, pays for it, and drives it to your house. And I I want to say that there's like a delivery fee already attached to it. With the incentive of if you want to tip more, you can. Yeah, I, the, I'll, I'll go ahead. I, I'm not really a huge fan of it. I, I like it in principle, but all the mm-hmm. ones we've used, they do have a delivery fee, and also the prices are typically higher as well. So they're yeah. kind of like double dipping the delivery fee. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not as much of a fan of that. Not for small purchases, you know, big stuff, sure. Yeah, but right. Yeah. So there have been times where my wife and I both have been and and even just just the place that we live at now in comparison, it's we're maybe like four or five minutes closer to our eateries and shopping centers and whatnot. So it's really first world laziness if we're like, I don't want to go to Subway, even though it's 
like a four minute drive away. Mm -hmm. But there have been times, man, where it's both of us are. It's a fucking hard day's work. We're home. We're relaxing. We're on the verge of falling asleep. And it's like she doesn't want to cook. I don't I'm not going to make her cook just because it's you know, it's we and we're both like, I want to eat, but I don't want to get up and go. You go get some food. No, you go get some food. No, let's go together. No, (laughs) I don't want to go. It's. And we're both like, man, I'm telling you, I would pay 20 bucks for that $10 meal right now because I don't feel like going anywhere. Um, that's not something we would use all the time. We, we can't use it yet because we're all, we're on the cusp. We're on the edge of, you know, we're sorry. We can't, they can't deliver to you. <laughs> yeah. And apparently it's not just like, it's not, uh, it's not like an internet or phone provider where, you know, you're outside of a range. It's also like individual restaurants that they can and cannot deliver to. Uh, I think when you put your zip code in or your address in, they will give you, based on where you live, like a laundry list of places that you can and cannot get stuff delivered from. I mean, we just, for whatever reason, our we just don't have any. So we haven't utilized it yet. Uh, we can get some basic shit delivered out here, like Domino's and Papa John. We can get pizza delivered out here. Yeah, that's a that's about it. But yeah, I mean, it's just that's that, that that's grown people decisions. That's individual decisions, and I don't think it always applies to just laziness. You know, if it if you're using shit like this and it's 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 fees out the ass, and you know, this is something you should you could look at and go, okay, you know what. We're getting behind on bills or debts piling up. All right, let's not do delivery no more. Let's go old school and go shopping for groceries. I can totally get that. But at the same time, I love the idea, man. That's a that's a solid thing, and I totally use it. Totally. Um, hello everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Oh man, I think you had last week start off with Chris. I think uh, I don't remember. I think it was, but whatever. Doesn't fucking matter. That was seven uh, days I'll ago. I'll go for. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? For real, dude. I put this on Facebook the other day. Uh, I am such a fucking normal person now, man. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. because. <sighs> okay, so for the audience out there that wants to know a little bit of more uh, behind the scenes uh, in real life story shit about me, I'll try to keep it brief, but. For the past, <coughs> excuse me, the past decade or more, I want to say, I actually know about 14 years plus now, uh, ever since I started college back in 2005, uh, I, my work schedule has either been a night shift schedule or random spread about schedule. When I worked as a server, I I always worked night shifts because I went to school during the day and I waited tables at night. So I was used to having a, you know, 5 p.m. till, uh, I, I, I tried, I did a pretty good job of, of asking management and staying on top of myself to where I could get out at like 10, 11 o'clock instead of me getting out at one or two and being home, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, but typically I, I was a night owl. I was a night owl. Uh, also combined with the fact that I was in college and, you know, I didn't have school every single day and not all of my classes started at eight. Some of them started at 10 and yada, yada, yada. So I fully transitioned from a 
construction worker that gets up at you know five o'clock gets gets on site at six thirty and gets off at you know four thirty five o'clock after a long hot day's work to waiting tables in an air conditioned restaurant and then keeping a night mentality uh that kept for many years of my life uh i was i'm gonna say it was partially my fault because i didn't want to move but the job situation down here where i live for the degree that i went for was not promising jobs at all and so i had to stick waiting tables for a long time like i really 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 kept the mentality of being a a night person when i went for a management job I mean, that schedule pretty much went out the window as well because a management job is, you know, we're, we're open seven days a week <laughs> and you're either going to work the night shift or you're going to work the morning shift. So, uh, again, I was fortunate that apparently other managers around me didn't want to work nights. And I was like, I'm already a night person anyway. I love working nights. So I always work nights, but Again, for the past 13-something, 14 years, I've mentally been a night person. Uh, so it was nothing for me to stay up till four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and wake up at 11, 12 o'clock, have a couple hours of time, and then go to work, be at work at 4 o'clock. Like, that's how my mentality was. When I'm with the military on active duty orders, I'm on the day shift as, you know, 90% of people in my group are. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm there at seven in the morning and I leave at four, three forty-five, four o'clock. And I'm Monday through Friday, seven to four, basically. <laughs> I've got this fucking normal shift and I'm with everybody else where we're looking for the day to be over. Uh, that not, not really so much that, but you know, looking forward to afternoons and having the general complaint of, you know, I can't do anything that I need to during the day, like medical appointments or, uh, vehicle uh maintenance or mm -hmm. anything that's that business related during the day because i work during the day uh looking forward to weekends like having weekends off when i do having a friday and a saturday off so everybody around me that's like woo on the weekend i'm like yeah weekend woo when i'm like i'm so not used to this man <laughs> it's so it's so weird uh I don't mind the work at all. Like I'm always been a worker. So the grind throughout the week doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. It's just so funny when I wake up on Saturday or Friday and I'm like, yay, once we get through, once I get through today, the weekend's here. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, shut up, you normal fucking asshole. <laughs> like you're, you're just like everybody else now, you know? It has its ups and downs. I think the biggest drawback for me is, is the, not not being able to take care of shit during the day. You know, yeah. you make an appointment somewhere, anywhere, and they're like, well, sir, our hours are 8 o'clock in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, yeah, yeah, about that. Yep. So, uh, we got a, we got a holiday coming up this weekend. Woo, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully yeah. I don't have to work and I can get three days off three day and weekend I can actually enjoy it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. My wife's got a four day weekend. That daggone little, that little so and so. I thought about taking Tuesday uh, off. 
Yeah, she's got Friday, and a lot of don't shit. Everybody around me is too. It's it. I, I all all this week. It's I don't know, man. I'm just trying to figure out which I'm going to take and which they'll let me. I mean, they're taking Friday or I'm taking Tuesday. Uh, there's some people that have taken the whole week off. You know, they got that leave to burn. Yeah, uh, I'm not that fortunate, and I'm not ready to take my leave just yet. So, uh, try. I'm trying my best to save my leave for the trip to Disney coming up in uh, November, December with me and my wife. Nice. Hopefully, hopefully, I'd like to be on orders all the way through then, so I'll actually have the leave. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll see. So let me go ahead and reverse this truck. Beep, beep, beep. So the audience will wake up because they don't fucking care about my work situation. I know, I know you don't. I know you don't. Um, before we do actually roll into weeks, do we have any, uh, well, actually from last week? I think there was, I think there was another. Oh, I actually have a well actually from. Actually, you know what? I don't know. Chris, did I ever talk about watching the Castlevania Netflix series on here? Uh, does this does this sound so. familiar to you? I don't think I did. Well, that's definitely a well actually from almost a month ago. <laughs> uh, I did I did watch that. That was part of stuff that I watched, and that's highly relative to this podcast for me because it's it's a fucking video game show. Uh, I think it's only four. The first season was only four episodes long. And they definitely, to, to, to prepare anybody that's going to watch this, it's got damn good voice acting. It's got really good animation. I mean, it's basically an anime, it's an anime stylized version of the Castlevania origin story. I will admit that I am not completely 100% knee deep in the Castlevania lore. So if this was a, I don't know if this was just, a retelling of the origin of Dracula and the Belmont clan, or if this was like a, you know, a, a, a new version of it, I, I'm not sure, but it's definitely slower paced because they it, almost every episode kind of leaves in sort of a cliffhanger type deal. It's not episode something's happening. Something's finished the end. It's, 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 it tells the story. It tells basically an origin story all the way through all four episodes. Uh, I binge watched all four of them right back to back to back. Uh, it was pretty good. It was very, it was very cool. It's, 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 it, it's, it's it wasn't the greatest thing in the world, it, but it definitely wasn't bad either. I was kind of skeptical, you know, watching some video game adaptation. I'm always like, mm, okay, yeah. but it was, it was, it was pretty good. Had a lot of good moments in it. The voice acting is phenomenal. That's good to hear. Uh, even, yeah, even for a dub, I'm still still my old anal asshole self. <laughs> where I try my best to just watch Japanese English, uh, Japanese language English subtitles. Yeah, but someday there will be an anime that comes across my desk, and I watch it, and the dub will be really good, and I'll maybe I'll start, you know, watching in that way. But um, in any event, yeah, it's. Just, just really short and sweet. I watched the Castlevania Netflix anime series; and it was pretty good. They have a second season coming out, and I think, oh, without looking it up, I want to say it's in December of this year. That that could be wrong, but I do know there is a second season coming. And yeah, sure. I mean, this I treat this kind of the same way that Sonic uh, Sonic Mania cartoon. Yeah, if it's it's done good, please bring us more of this, more of this. Um, and that is not. 
that's also, uh, I guess, an addition I'll mention. Not, it's not really a well, actually, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they have stopped. I don't know if they're just because you know these usually these uh, Sonic Manias get kind of drip fed over time. But I am fully up to date on all those. Every time a new one comes out, I watch it, and man, it's such a good thing that show man the the sonic mania and that little cartoon combined that just puts sonic where it needs to be you know the fact that the sonic mania cartoon is silent and it's just using sound effects and music keys to 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 enunciate what's going on it's so simple and that's how sonic mania is to me as well it's so simple and it kind of purifies the formula for what I feel Sonic should be. And I mean, the fucking game does a great job of that. You know, that's, that is a Sonic fan going, yeah, I am a true diehard Sonic fan and I can show you what people want. And you compare it next to Sonic 06 or (laughs) Sonic the Dark Knight or Shadow the Hedgehog and you go, I see what you guys were going for, but we don't want that. <laughs> we don't really want that. Yeah. Sonic Mania is a, is a good thing, and I love the little cartoon as well. So getting to see the Castlevania Netflix series and getting to watch the Sonic Mania cartoon uh, shorts, it's good stuff, man. This, These are like beacons for other companies and other content creators. <laughs> Topical. That if you want to make stuff that's truly like to the heart a tribute and trying to capture the essence look to these two because they they give they give us what we need uh any well actually from last week you can think of chris uh no i don't think so me either any uh what about news anything slide across the desk well there is a one pretty big thing in the gaming world right now yeah we're gonna talk about it I mean, I'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Sure. I mean, why not? I watched it. Did you watch it? Uh, well, we may be talking about two different things. Okay. Well, what I'm talking mm-hmm. about is the Cyberpunk uh, 2077 gameplay oh. Oh. stream. Oh, okay. I have not watched that yet. Please fill me in. So, I am curious, and I haven't... I, I meant to research this before we uh, started. I forgot about it, but... Um, I don't know if this is the gameplay that was shown at E3 behind closed doors or not. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was around the right length. And it had that, uh, there was actually a narrator uh, talking about, like, this is early footage, you know. This is what's happening now. We're showing off this system and this system. Uh, so it seemed like it was, you know, kind of designed for press types and... Mm-hmm. you know, that kind of feel to it, which is also works great for consumer perspective because it's a real, it's a real, uh, it's a well done. Uh, how am I going? I'm trying to think of how to put this. It is a good way to explain to the consumer what exactly is going on with the game, especially for something that's this hype, uh, for a lot of people, I'm personally, I'm, I didn't really jump up when I heard it was 83. I don't know anything about the history of the game. No, I guess there is an old one. I never played it, but you know, mm-hmm. it's a big deal to a lot of people. And the way they narrated it did a lot to 
kind of address concerns before they ever pop up. Um, yeah. So the video uh, basically started you out. I think they said it was early game, not like the beginning, but one of the first like side mission type things. Um, mm. Where it starts you out pretty much in the action of stuff, uh, rescuing this uh, enhanced person. Uh, and then, uh, they go back and show you kind of, uh, the cityscape, the area you're in, uh, the NPCs and how they work because they basically said, you know, NPCs have a life essentially where they have all for 24 hours a day. There's something they're going to be doing. Um, and when you do things, it will impact the city around you, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, and it progressed the story a little bit, you know, it's like, all right, that last job's done time to move on to the next job. Uh, and they showed a little bit of that. It's really worth watching if you're, uh, interested in it at all. Um, but they were moving on to the next job and then it showed, okay, well, there's branching paths. You know, you determine what you're going to do at this point, you know, you can go do this or this, or this, or just go straight to your destination, you know. There's things you can do on the side to impact that. Uh, at the side, there are choices you can make, and even once you're going through the mission, there are choices you make that determine the outcome, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, not something we're super unfamiliar with at this point, but it's a uh, probably a more fluid system than some have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was... From what they showed, you know, it was well executed. Um, it's really curious, uh, or really makes you curious to want to go back and actually go, well, what What if I had made that other decision, you know? I, yeah. I feel like things didn't go like I thought they would. What if I had made a different decision? What point did things go wrong, you know? What should I have done mm-hmm. differently? Uh, and that's good um, for a game like this. If it's different enough, it has that replayability. You know, it's one of the big things with uh, games with branching paths. Oftentimes, it's like, well, the difference is so minor, there's not really a point to do it. You know, yeah. it's like a couple of dialogue boxes, and that's the only difference. Um, but this game and is then not. Detroit Become All Human came along and said, yeah, you can fuck up your whole <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much more dramatic differences like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then. Uh, towards the towards the end, they just kind of showed off some. <laughs> they go, all right, and now we're unlocking some higher level abilities. Uh, so basically, oh, like nice. an end game character with all yeah. the upgrades and enhancements, because Cyberpunk is dealing with you know cybernetic enhancements. So you mm-hmm. <laughs> the the uh, player character had like blade arm things and was jumping off walls and it was could double jump and it was it's all kinds of uh interesting <laughs> stuff uh, looks pretty good nice um i don't know what kind of timeline is on this game but it was mm. it was good to see the progress they've made and them not trying to sugarcoat anything um, yeah, yeah i think there's actually a couple of spots where i noticed very minor bugs uh I think there were only graphical bugs is all I noticed, you know. 
mm-hmm. which is not unexpected for a alpha build type deal. Um, yeah. But they didn't try sugarcoating and they're like, everything, every single thing you see in this trailer or in this footage is prone to change, subject to change. Um, yeah. None of it may exist uh, in a release, but this is where we're at. Now, was was so this was a video i think i may have mis, mis, misunderstood you. Mm-hmm. you you said a live stream so it's just a it was they played it one time and it's off it's just a video you can find they're not continuously playing right. this like right now right, right. okay yeah there's a, uh, a live stream on twitch and showed the video i will have to go check this out i i've heard there's been a lot of these uh games are being played you know you're seeing some more gameplay footage I'd like to. I'd definitely like to see this because I did see the cool ass trailer that everybody saw at uh, was it E three? I believe it was. Mm-hmm. But the gameplay thing, no, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I'd really want to see that. Yeah, this was on the uh, CD Project Red uh, Twitch stream. So if you go to their channel, gotcha. it's probably in their past broadcasts and their videos. Gotcha. If not, the internet has millions of copies of it at this point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, did you have something else news related? Yeah, I did, but I'm waiting to sneeze. Okay, like, <laughs> Bless you. it's gone. It's all right. Oh man, that was bad. It was there, and I was like, "Oh, if he could just talk for another thirty seconds, <laughs> that'd be good." And then I was on the spot, and it was like, "Nope." You're done. <laughs> uh, there was another piece of news, uh, and I honestly, Chris, since it since it happened, oh. I was debating. Yeah, yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I really was debating on even talking about it at all. I have so many things to say about this. Not well, not really a ton, but like a mixed bag of feelings about it. So uh, a few days ago, there was a. I want to say I want to start it off by saying a very tragic uh, uh, another tragic incident, but it is that it is another tragic shooting at something, and there were uh, some individuals were killed, other ones were injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was at the uh, where was this, Chris? It was at a the Madden the yeah, EA in- tournament. It was in Jacksonville, Florida, at a yes. uh, Madden uh, tournament. Yeah. yeah, and right there, automatically, I was already getting upset about this because mm-hmm. I'm like, and this was a stupid, shitty, selfish reason for me to to be upset. As a general fucking human being, I am upset because somebody was shot and killed. Another person one twenty it doesn't matter was shot and killed at of at something school a venue a, a airport a building a park whatever it doesn't matter where the fuck it happens it it is tragic it will always be tragic there are people that are doing something doesn't matter where they are they are somewhere unexpectedly having a good time a bad day whatever and they're not going home. And it sucks. Yeah. I was upset also about this one because this hits home. This mm-hmm. is a video game venue that this happened at. And on the one hand, while I was tragically 
thinking, man, this is another shooting. This is so fucking horrible. Why does this shit keep happening? But I was also very selfishly thinking, here's another thing for people to ride video gamers about. Like, oh, well, look. Look, there's violence in fucking video games, right? It's like, there you go, which I thankfully haven't seen a lot of. <laughs> but my wall is up for that. I know it's coming. I know people are going to use that as AC, not even as video games. They do it, right? They make people yeah. violent. They make people want to pull out a gun and do something. And it's like, man, get out of my face. Get out. This is tragic no matter where. It doesn't matter if it's one uh, injured victim or 40 killed victims. It's bad. It is horrible. It is tragic. Uh, as, again, it's no secret where I get most of my news from. Uh, as Giant Bomb was talking about this, you know, they said, of course, uh, EA has pulled the rest of the tournaments for the year uh, because they are going to reevaluate how they're doing their security, mm -hmm. which is good. You know, cool. Uh, but man, it's like there's fucking nowhere to go, folks. You 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 don't you don't know. Like it's not just schools. It's not just work. It's not just libraries. It's not just businesses. It's not just fucking video game tournaments. It's getting to the point where you don't know well i mean it's not getting, it is at the point where you don't know where this shit's gonna happen and you might not have anything to do with it like i don't know i have not done the homework and looked at the four victims that passed away but it's my mindset is they probably weren't they might not even all been fucking gamers there might have been some uh some uh, guy that was competing and his girlfriend was there his girlfriend died you know, that's, that's, that's the shit that goes through my head. You know, there's somebody at a, at a, at a fat, at a food place, a fast food place, just trying to fucking grab some food for his friends on the way to a party or something. And he gets shot and killed just cause he was there because some asshole that had a gun decided to go fuck crazy on mm -hmm. innocent people instead of the boss that pissed him off, which again, it's no reason. It's no excuse. Um, yeah, it's yeah, I can't. it's so. I mean, it's just out of nowhere, you know. It's, I mean, I say that it's not in the end. It wasn't truly, truly surprising, um, because of all the you know other things that've been going on, shooting related. But just like yeah. really, at a video game tournament of all things, um, yeah, I know that for for a lot of people like you said okay sure it's another link to video games violence etc but for me typically that's i have the opposite reaction i'm like really a gamer you know uh, especially someone at a tournament these are people that are passionate about their games and you wouldn't expect this from them um from, i haven't looked in the last couple of days but you know last i read uh it was confirmed as being someone that lost in the tournament. Yeah, like, he he wow. lost, went to his fucking hotel or whatever, grabbed his shit, came back through on and and open fire. Yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, <sighs> and it's like you said it's one of those things that uh are not like what you're saying, but what I was reading uh on social media and stuff about it, you know, I've gone to these tournaments and 
I've taken my family to tournaments, to esports, you know, tournaments. And it's it's not something you'd go to and think, man, how's the security here, you know? Um, but it is good to see that a lot of the organizations have said, you know, we're going to be taking a closer look, uh, not just EA and all of that, but yeah. other venues. Uh, I saw people posting <clears throat> uh, how thankful they were for the extra security that goes on at uh, Dota tournaments, and there was something yeah. else that people were like, "Yeah, they've been they've been doing this," you know. And mm-hmm. I understand why some places wouldn't. You know, it's it's another expense, and despite what you know mainstream media says. It's not something you would expect to happen, but it needs to be there, I guess. Yeah. And like I said, man, every it doesn't matter where it happens, it's always gonna be tragic. But the 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 cynical side of me is going, Well, you know, it's like no like there's nowhere that's almost there's damn near almost nowhere that's safe. Mm-hmm. You know? Am, am, are me and my wife gonna be shut up because we go to Disneyland? I mean, probably not. There's there's security there. I get that, but that's the mentality of it. You know, no matter where we go, it's like who the, the these people could have nothing to do with any of this. You know, there there could be the the four people that died might not even been in the same fucking game as him. They might not have been in the same tournament bracket. Who knows? I don't know. I didn't look at the details, and I'd rather not know the details because, in my mind, mm-hmm. the fucking details like that don't matter. The, what yeah. matters is somebody got through with a weapon and and hurt people. Uh, I don't care if he lost a four million dollar pot. I don't care if he got knocked out in pools. There is no excuse for it. You know, but there's also no excuse for f- any of the other ones that happened. You know, and that that was another part that kind of ticked me off about it because you know it sure doesn't justify but someone's you know has hundreds of thousands or you know even a million dollars on the line obviously they're going to be under a lot of pressure and you know they should be watched closer i think Mm -hmm. the maximum prize pool for like everybody combined there was like twenty thousand for everybody it wasn't even like first place (sighs) so it's like really yeah just yeah. yeah, I was I was honestly up and down about even talking about it mm-hmm. because I mean not to, I, I don't want to get into a, a whole uh, fucking school shooting and violence yeah 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 thing but yeah. when I was in high school when I was in high school back in ninety seven to two thousand uh, Columbine hit and I know I knew after the fact after doing more research that Columbine wasn't the first. Mm-hmm. Columbine was one of the first one they got really, uh, for lack of a better word, it it was the one that was most popularized at that time. There were school shootings around it. There were school shootings after it. There were shootings of other other uh, uh, venues, establishments, what have you, before and after it. It just seems like these days, they're just they're fucking all the time. Yeah, like it's every other week, if not every week, you're turning the news on, or you're hearing a happenstance of, oh yeah, there's a hostage situation at so and so, you know, insert name of thing here going on right now, and then later it's like, yeah, you know, eleven people died, seven people died, twenty six people died, four people died. It's like, <sighs> man. 
man. Yeah. I, I hate it. I hate it because I'm telling you, it really, it really affects me. It's, it affects me nowhere in the same breadth as the friends and families and coworkers and associates of these people. I'm not pulling no pity party on my end, but I will tell you that this stuff affects me. Like I think about it every time it happens and it's just, it's just a fucking grim reality of, you know, me and my wife could be somewhere. We could be at a mall just because I made it a point to go. I wanted to go somewhere and, and just go shopping for this thing or mm-hmm. some this video game. And we're there and some f- fucking dip has a grudge against somebody else and decides he's going to walk into this random mall and just randomly spray for no reason. And now my wife is dead. We don't even fucking know this guy. We're not loosely affiliated with anybody that this person knows he just got through with a gun and shot people that's that's what affects me the most this is people that some people some of these people whether they're working at their job or or participating in this event or whatever they're just living their everyday life man they're not tied at all to it but whether or not they are or not it's it it sucks and it's sad and it's tragic. And Chris, you and I together could spend another four hours talking about what we think could be done to this, but to to help you know prevent this or make this better. But uh, uh, not not this episode. I'm not I'm not looking to do that. Um, just coming from the guy that had shit thrown his way when Columbine was coming around when Columbine happened and just seeing the shit that keeps compounding and more and more something I don't know I this is another thing that I gleaned from Giant Bomb from Jeff Gerson himself and I I agree with to an extent something has to be done only in opposition to the nothing that's being done now you know if we're going to up security around at places then we need to do it but damn Chris it's almost getting to the point where everywhere needs security mm-hmm. you know hey it's mandatory now are you planning an event that's going to have 50 or more people around you have to have security like that's what it's coming down to are you have 25 people or more because you just, you just don't know you just you just don't know uh taking a left turn getting away from this um I'm trying to think of any other game-related things that really sparked my interest. Uh, I was just looking through articles, um, and I found a headline. An official EVE Online event let players publicly execute cheaters. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes. And it has a screenshot of a massive, you know, space battle. I guess all these ships coming together and destroying the ships of cheaters. Something like that. I love that stuff. I heard I heard talk of a game that like I don't remember what game it was. I think it's a fairly newer ga- uh, game that if you get caught cheating, a bounty gets put on your head. And it's like if you kill them, you get I don't know if I forget the details after that. I don't know if you get an award or a trophy or maybe some loot or something, but that's that's the kind of shit that I like. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm all about that. And again, 
This is the end of time cast statement we made before. Chris and I, hey, we don't give a fuck if you cheat. If you go out today and buy a brand new game and you hook up some fucking cheat engine to it day one and you cheat, I don't care. Dude, manage or do that. Manage your time how you want to. Manage your gameplay. Play how you want to play. If that's what you, if that helps you get your jollies, go for it. The minute you take that shit online, and I'm putting 80 rounds into you and you're not dying. And then you put one round into me and I'm dead. Now I got a problem. Keep it offline. <laughs> you know, God mode, whatever game you want to. I don't, I don't care either way. If you and I are talking personally, I'm going to be like, man, you just don't. That was the whole point of that game. Like, what do you mean you went through Dark Souls and you used a fucking cheat engine? right off the bat like that's you're kind of defeating the purpose like what are you playing for do i care though no not really but when you say you take that shit online yeah get a bounty on your head i want that i i'm, I'm all for that uh i can't think of any other news man at least i can on my end um so i guess uh, i'll roll into my week one i mean there's Go ahead. One thing I will add, and I'll probably talk about it next week anyway, <gasps> because we'll have the new uh, Games of Golden stuff, but there's oh, yes. uh, news that Destiny 2 is in September's yes. PlayStation Plus lineup. Thank you. That was the piece of news that I did want to mention. Yes, Destiny 2 and I forget the other game. There were two games side by side they announced. I didn't but the look Des at the actual announcement. Yeah. Yeah, but the Destiny Two one got me. I'm, Chris, do you, how old is Destiny Two? Uh, a year. Wow! Next week and we're launching Year Two. Oh my God! Now here's here's why. It, so, first off, oh the God of War Three remastered. That's oh yes, what it was. yes, sorry, that's what sorry, it is. sorry. I remember saying that now. So here's the thing: getting the base game for free is good. I'm okay with that. Um, and it'll give people a chance to at least try the game. Um, mm -hmm. But if you want to actually play any of the DLC content or the year two content, you're going to have to buy the expansions. So right. while it's free, yes, <laughs> you're not getting a ton. Um, so it, it's, um, like I said, it's good if you want to yeah. try it, but... To get the full experience of the game, you're going to need to buy expansion. Now, that being said, I've mentioned this before, everybody gets quality of life changes. So whether you're playing yeah. the base game, all DLCs, half the DLCs, doesn't matter. You get the quality of life changes. You just don't really get the story content, and I don't know what else is locked behind the DLC, but you get, you know, you have the same weapon loadouts that we do. Um we being people like me that buy all this stuff. Um, yeah. Whether I like it or not. Uh, <laughs> and you may not be able to get all the weapons I can get. You may be able to get 80% of them, 75% of them, you know, depending on what drops out just out in the world, what they don't actually lock and prevent from dropping. Yeah. But you still have the new slot changes that rolled out Tuesday. You still have all these other things. Um, that make the game better overall to play. So mm -hmm. I kind of figured there was a catch to it. And even just having a, a very 
I only know it from Chris' perspective on Destiny and Destiny 2. I kind of thought that this was one of those situations where, like, yeah, I mean, you get you can get a little campaign. The campaign's, you know, so many hours. But the point of... It's like Titanfall. You know, that's that's how I treat it. It's, it's kind of mentally like playing Titanfall. You can get a campaign. The campaign's there. But the campaign's very short. And the campaign is not why people go to this game. Uh, it's good. It's nice. It's a good package. But the reason why people go play Titanfall is because of that fucking awesome multiplayer. And... That's that's what Destiny and Destiny 2 are. I mean, they're online, multiplayer. That's where you're going to get the fun from the game. That's the meat of the game. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to get it because, of course, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but whether I... How deep I go into it, I... I probably not too far uh we'll see we'll see if the game drags me in yeah uh, the fact that i'm getting the game for free is a damn good way to test me and see if it's gonna if it's gonna drag me in yeah. unfortunately i play on xbox one so i mean i have a copy of the ps4 uh version i've got with my uh white ps4 i got the de- it's actually destined to bundle um mm-hmm. ps4 pro uh I don't have the DLC for it, so I'd have to buy it. But I've already bought it on Xbox, so it's like, eh, you know, don't really want to do that. But hey, if you enjoy it, maybe I'll uh, load that up on PS4. Year two's a good time to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, the the year marks are typically the best points to go from console to console um, because the amount of grind you'd have to do to catch up is essentially non-existent mm. when starting a new year. You just have to play maybe a few hours more, and you'll actually catch up roughly to the light level you were before. Because um, like the light level is probably going to go up another hundred, so the soft cap will probably be you know fifty, sixty higher than I am now, and then you know as long as you're not that soft cap. You're gonna go up really fast. Yeah. That and uh, uh, for for the other game was God of War three remastered, mm-hmm. and I don't I've already got that game, so uh, there's no need for me to get that. But yeah, I'll be looking forward to see whether uh, what other good stuff we'll get from it. But yeah, that was a piece of news where I was like, oh, oh you play this Destiny two game? It that seems like a fairly new game, and <laughs> yep. All right, so uh, my week, my week. Uh, start off right off the bat with with non gaming stuff. I uh, quick update for the contact news for the I mean you know the three people that are actually <laughs> interested in my contact life drama. Uh, so when I went for my contacts eye exam, they had a pair of contacts that were there that were close to my prescription, but they weren't exactly my prescription, but they did match my eye shape. I wore those for a while, about about a week before I got tired of putting them in and taking them out. Uh, then my actual prescription contacts came in. They felt a lot smoother, a lot better, and the prescription matched my eyes, so I got to see a lot better. I had them in for three days and lost my left contact. <laughs> so... Unfortunately, I have to wait 
for another pair to come in because the doctor actually has to see them on me. I have to get another exam, another measurement. It's basically a follow-up to, okay, are these contacts physically working for you and are they actually working for your mm-hmm. eyesight? Um and it's a very weird, it's a very peculiar situation where she tried to order me a pair of contacts. Those were going to be on back order. She ordered another pair from another place. Those came in. Oh, Lord, Shokan's talking to me. <laughs> uh, so hopefully this other pair that got back order will come in. I'll get to check them out. I've already tried to tell her that, hey, I like these contacts. I'd like to go ahead and buy them, but the doctor has to see them on you, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, I'll tell you now, man, the situation really hasn't gotten better or worse for me. It's still the same. It still takes me a long time to put them in. It's still hella crazy for me taking them out. Uh, both ways, man, it seems like it should be fucking easy. I watched my wife do hers. I've seen other people do theirs, you know, uh, putting them in and taking them out. Just pinching them and taking them out seems to not work for me. Uh We'll see. I'm at least going to buy one pair because, again, it is very nice to, without a frame of glasses around your eyes, see 2020 vision everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. It, it is nice. I've never had that my entire life. And at the end of the day, even though it only, it all it does is clear the vision up for me. It makes things a little less blur. It makes things less blurry, which is all I know when I have my glasses on or my glasses off. Uh, sure. I'll try it out again, but it's still aggravating. It's still, I'm telling you, I'm a a fucking grown man in my own bathroom trying to put these contacts in and all you can hear every 30 seconds is fuck because I just, I just fucking can't. Mm -hmm. I wish I could be a normal person and this is just a put it in, put it in, but I am not. I'm not even true. My wife's like, you're just thinking about it too much. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, baby. It's just, it's, it is what it is. Like she watches me put these in and she's like, I don't, I just don't get it. I'm like, I don't either. <sighs> so more to follow on that. We'll see. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, uh, all that's going to happen is I'm going to, I'm going to tell if she likes the way my eyes are, I'm just going to tell her to go ahead and order a box and we're going to roll with it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I want to give a product shout out to okay. uh, Western Digital. I want to give a product okay. shout out to their Passport hard drives because I have purchased some more. Uh, this is how bad my data collection is, Chris. <laughs> I have now graduated from, you know, having three or four hard drives to having 12 total to now buying backups for those drives mm-hmm. because I I know you've had it too, Chris. I'm pretty sure most of our audience has. There is nothing like your drive dying. Yeah. I know that there are place there are scrub places you can send them to and you can pay them a couple hundred dollars. It's a lot of fucking money mm-hmm. to have them go in there and try to grab as much data as they possibly can. I've never done that because one, I never have the money. And two, eventually I just shrug my shoulders and go, fuck it. I'll just start from scratch. But now with me having so many uh, videos and YouTube videos and all this, this uh, cartoons and movies and all this stuff that I have. It's now to the point where I want to start getting a backup just in case those do die. Yeah. Once I have a backup for all the drives, then I'm done because then it's just, well, if the, if a main drive dies, I'll just go to the backup and just buy another drive for a backup. Yeah, like that, that, and 
Funny you mention that because I've actually got a My Passport uh, WD uh, PS4 hard drive sitting on my desk. Yep. I've got to plug yep. in. Yeah. I have a one terabyte uh, uh, passport for my PlayStation 4. I have a one terabyte for my uh, Wii U still. <laughs> that one's not going to get used that much. <laughs> Uh, but I do have a shit ton of, of hard drives. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them are two and four terabytes. I don't have them all four just yet, but I was in, a, I was in the, I was making progress to make them all because again, this is just, this is a never ending cycle in my life. I'm just always going to have, I'm always going to need hard drive space. Mm-hmm. But I will say of all of these Western digital passports, two terabyte and four terabytes that I have in my possession, I want to say total, I have, I have at least 16, I guess 18 if you count the two one terabytes. I have only ever had one die. Only one. Uh, and that one was, I think it was like the first or second one I ever bought. So it definitely was old. It definitely died because of age, which can happen. I mean, this is something that you have to, respect no one understand if it has an if it has a mechanical or an electronic part it will die it mm-hmm. will eventually give out uh the fortunate thing with these passports is that i have through varying times i haven't really used them yet as full media players but they're uh they haven't died on me like i have a lot of these drives and they're all trucking along and I appreciate that. It's cool. So I just want to give a quick shout out to them. I'm still in the process of trying to buy enough to have backups for everything. And uh, it'll be done eventually. No, it won't. I take that back. It will never <laughs> do Because I'll, be, I'll always be having more videos and shit and yada, yada, yada. But uh, in my opinion, uh, as somebody who has had multiple drives go out in his life, uh, like most people have, I'm not special, I would say that if you are looking for an external drive... Uh, go with the Western Digital Passport. It, it won't lead you wrong. Yeah. I will also say that of the drives that I've had internally, the Western Digital internal drive times two. I've had I have two of those. Uh, they haven't gone out either. I think I think in my life the Seagates have been the ones that have gone out the most. Yeah. Which for me means I'm crossing my fingers because my internal solid state drive is a seagate one uh that solid state internal drive is is me crossing my fingers and and giving seagate another chance uh i've had it for uh, about six months now it hasn't gone out but that's also a solid state drive i think solid Mm -hmm. state drives actually have a life they have like a timeline on them they will go out because they'll just go bad um so we'll see but Western Digitals hasn't let me down for many, many years now. So props to you, Western Digital. Keep it up. Thanks for not uh, not making me lose my data. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies. I have watched one movie recently. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, Chris, or if you want to see it. Uh, Hereditary. It's the horror movie that came out this year. Don't know anything about it. And probably because okay. it's a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that's fine. Uh, I'll try to keep it spoiler free anyway, just in case. Uh, I am a horror movie kind of guy. And I mean, like, scary horror. I like I like to be scared. I like the shit scared out of me. Uh, this movie, 
I didn't really see too many advertisements for it. This was more of a more of a word of the mouth kind of movie. I've heard lots of people say, you know, throwing lots of hyperboles out there. Scariest movie ever. Scariest movie of the year. Uh, it's gonna, you're gonna shit your pants. Yada yada yada. And I could tell at least from the trailers that I saw compared to other generic scary movie trailers like Slender Man or. Uh, the Conjuring Two, or sh- the ones, the, the 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 manufactured horror movies that that have played theaters for the past decade. This one did not seem like that. It seemed like the trailer was trying to make it that way, but I could see past the trailer. It seemed like there was something else going on in this movie. Um, it subvert it subverted my expectations a couple times, in a good way too, because. When the movie starts, once the story starts to progress, you're going to kind of get this mentality of, okay, I see what's going on. This blank is going to be the cause of blank. And this thing is going to be the cause of the problems the whole time. Like, this is the fulcrum of the movie. This is the central piece of the movie. And this is the gimmick of the movie. Uh, And then about... A quarter of the way into the movie, they fucking turn your head around backwards and say, nope, this is not what this movie is about. And seeing the progression of the story and seeing where they take the story, <coughs> very good. This is a subtle horror movie. It is not about like scary ghosts and stuff like that. It is a... We'll say, for lack of a, for lack of spoiler, or for the sake of trying not to spoil people, we'll say it's cultish in nature. Yeah. And uh, I would say, like most people have, if you're a fan of a movie, I think it was 16 or 17, it came out of The Witch. This is in that same line. It's very quiet, very subtle. It's not out trying to kick your face in with the horrors and it, it no jump scares. It's it's it doesn't flash in your face and make you scream. It's very subtle. It's spooky and eerie. And the last 20 minutes, 30 minutes of this movie are fucking intense because of all of that build up because once you start putting the pieces together the the movie knows that you know and it's it just it puts it all in your face and it's, it was pretty good uh it's not it's not the scariest movie i've ever seen uh and that's not because of you know high expectations it's just because i've seen i've seen scary I, i've had shit that has scared the literal shit out of me this one had some creepy moments but it's more about the story it was the story was pretty good uh I really think that's it for everything non-game related, which uh, brings me to the only game that I played over the past week. Uh, mm, This is another thing I've been debating about how I want to talk about this, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say for the audience and for Chris right now, I'm going to say that I am fixing to be talking about Persona 4. Not Persona 4 Golden, Persona 4 for the PlayStation 2. That's the version that I played. It's the version that I'll be talking about. <coughs> so sorry, apparently uh, bronchitis takes a month to get over. <coughs> sorry. Um, I am still going to keep it as spoiler-free as I can, but given the events that I just went through, 
I'm going to leave it up to Chris to let to allow me to tell him not spoiler stuff per se, but I would like to give some some friendly guidance for lack of a better <laughs> word or lack of a better phrase, because I don't want anybody else to go through what I went through. I really don't. This game is too good for the sharp left turn. So mm-hmm. with your permission, Chris, uh, with no spoiler specifics, I want to tell you about my last, say, 20-something hours of playing this game and the ending. And uh, before or if you get into it, hopefully give you some good advice, okay? All right. Um, so for you and for the audience as well, if you don't want to even have a hint of Persona 4 spoiled, I'm going to do my best to keep it spoiler free. But just in case, PlayStation 2 version Persona Persona 4 spoiler warning as of right now, you've been warned. So here we go. So I've already gushed a lot about this game. And I got to tell you guys, a lot of that gushing, it plays all the way through. I got into a really, really good uh, skip of this game probably halfway through because Persona 5 pretty much spoiled me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, there were things that I just know I just knew what to do. Uh, again, if you've never played a Persona 5, a Persona game ever, I would still say go play Persona 5 first. If you want to, I see no reason for you not to play Persona 4. It's also a good place to start. There's no... You're not going to be missing out on anything because it's had its it, its own isolated story, and you'll be just fine. It really is a matter of preference. Um, I'm debating on when and if I want to get a Persona 3 because I hear that Persona 3 and Persona 4 are pretty much alike. I will tell you, and Chris will tell you as well, Persona 5, way, it's light years above. I mean, the graphics, the music, the story, the length of gameplay, everything. It's the same type of game, but it is better. So if you want to go play the newest, best Persona, Persona, go play Persona 5. But the fact that I spent so many hours, and Chris, I should have did my own damn homework. I, I didn't, I did not. I, I want to say i put close to 200 something hours into that game maybe close to 250 i i forget but i put a lot of time to persona 5 i beat persona 4 with clocked in at 97 hours nice. uh, and i will tell you i will tell you in the audience too that's because i was blowing through this stuff mm-hmm. i was engineered from persona 5 <laughs> therefore i knew what to do in persona 4 there is, for me, from what I saw, there's probably about half of the amount of mental jug, mental j- daily juggling going on in Persona 4, which for me was actually nice. That is something that I noticed a lot in Persona 5. I almost felt, I almost felt like sick with what do I want to, well, I know what I want to do today, but what should I be doing? And Persona 4 gives you roughly the same amount of time. Uh, it gives you close enough to a year, I want to say, for you to do all the events. That's all the social links that you that you would like to do. All of the dungeon crawling that you need to do. All of the grinding. Uh, you have a lots of days to 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 progress through this game. Uh, the fact that I went through Persona 5 first made me really, it made me able to knuckle down with Persona 4 and have 
set plans all the time. Like I knew exactly how I wanted to spend every day. I knew exactly what I wanted to do when weekends came up. I knew what I wanted to do every night. I knew how I wanted to evenly distribute these days and these nights. That way I wasn't like grinding the same. I wasn't talking to somebody in the daytime and then the next day talking to the same person and the next day talking to like I, I divvied it up. But that way it was fresh. I felt like I had a more diverse experience and I was doing different things with different people on different days. And it made my persona experience better. Now, that's just me. If you want to go in and grind every single day with the same person, you can. You can knock out their rank 10 in two or three weeks and you can get it done. But I chose to spread it out. It made it a better experience for me. But even with spreading it out, I mean, I had this shit regimented. I knew that this day I was going to hang out with this person. At night, I was going to read this book. The next day, I was going to spend time with this person. The night, the that night, I was going to do go do a part-time job and not read. The next day, I was going to go talk to a different person. The next night, I was going to go fishing, like, etc., etc. I just, I could plan it all. Uh, when rain came up, I knew where I wanted to do. I knew I just, I just, I had it all. So it's not just of the grinding that I got really good at. It was also the, the, the social links. Like I just got really good at it. There is, I say that there's about half of the content of things to do that could have been ignorance on my part. I didn't go out and find every single tidbit, uh, and I didn't really read a lot of guides. I didn't, I, I, I did like, uh, like questions and answers. That's about the most that I, that I went through, but, uh, there may have been guys to tell you, there may have been, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there were other NPCs that I could have done social links with. I probably just completely missed them or overlooked them or I, I didn't care to do them because I just didn't care to. Um, so it's trucking along in this game and uh i beat the game and what i'm about to tell you chris and the audience as well for those that stuck around remember spoilers coming up potentially this is in no way taking away the 96 hours and 50 something minutes that i played this game this ending i got Apparently, and this might have been the same for Persona 5. I think there were multiple innings in Persona 5, Chris. Yeah, technically. I, I think I think there were, yeah. But I I mean I did a lot of shit in Persona 5, granted, uh, but my stumbling into basically the good or best ending or whatever Persona 5, it just happened. Uh I didn't read any guides on how to do it. The, it's just the, the the people that I talked to and the choices I I made got me the good ending. When I left Persona Five, it was a hearty send off and a closure to what I saw, and I I got the good game over, and that was good for me. I beat Persona Five, Chris, and the credits started rolling, and I said, "The fuck." <laughs> <laughs> this game cannot be over. There's no way something's wrong. This is a trick or something. It's got the credits going to roll by. It's going to flash forward, fast forward again. And then the real g- no game's over, buddy. So I immediately went to Google and searched multiple endings for Persona 4. And yes, 
there are multiple endings. To the degree of there is a true ending where you fight. It's not just about fighting the final boss, but you get genuine closure to the game, to the story, to the reason why this shit that's happening on the other side is happening, etc., etc. So, Chris, I get to the end. Well, I get to uh, this. I didn't even know it was the ending of what I was getting. I get to this. I basically clear this section of a game. This cutscene stuff happens. The story things happen. And then the game fast forwards through the entire month of December. With basically a hand wave, like, yep, you did this thing, you completed this task, and then nothing really happened, and fast forward. And I actually, I want to say it may have been past December, it may have been further on, it may have been later in the year that the game picked back up again. But, and again, this could also be ignorance on my part, because guys and gals, I didn't realize the game was fixing the fucking end, but in Persona 5, they give you a chance to where, hey... Uh, the ending is coming up in Persona mm-hmm. 5. If you want to go around and talk to people, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, <laughs> and maybe send some farewells and maybe get some closure to things and go right ahead. But when you're ready to basically end the game, come talk to me. To me. Uh, I did not see that in what I played. If that is there, I haven't even looked at it and researched that part of it. All I know is... I had a fuck ton of questions when that credit screen started to roll. Yeah. A lot. I also did not get the, hey, go talk to all your friends and have a happy-go-lucky closure. I had, <coughs> excuse me, I had game event happen, story event happen, story sequence happen, story event happen, story sequence happen, credits. And I was lost. I was dumbfounded. And again... I want to stress this to you and to the audience as well. This did not tank the game for me, okay? It did not. I will not deny the fun that I had for that 90-something plus hours. I cannot. I enjoyed it because for me, as we've mentioned on another episode, for me, this was doing what I wanted to do, which was go back into Persona. I was thinking a lot about playing Persona 5, and I probably will sometime. I know I'm going to play through that game again. But this filled that persona itch for me, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I fell right in with doing the social links and managing my days and buying items from the item shop and having new items pop up and selling materials and having new armor and grinding in dungeons until my SP ran out and etc. etc. <coughs> I'm so sorry for the coughing. Um, so the things that I loved about Persona 5, just scale it back a point or two, and I got it all again at Persona 4. I cannot and will not begrudge that. But man, I'm telling you now, Chris, in whatever way you choose to do it, and for you audience as well, again, that stuck around, even though I warned you about potential spoilers, I highly, high, I'm shaking my microphone, listen to me, somehow, some way, go find a guide and don't look at anything, but around, say, mid to late October, maybe even, if you want to push it, maybe even early to mid at the latest November of that year, whip that guide out and look specifically for things that 
are required for you to get the quote unquote true ending. Because honestly, folks, I, I wish I could tell you the actually details right now. I was so upset and angry. I didn't look at specifics. <laughs> there may be that it may be that you have to have certain characters at max. Uh, mm. There's their there's uh, their social links. Uh, there may be just some dialogue choices you had to choose. There was a point, again, spoiler free as best as I can. There was a, a pretty intense conversation that happened, uh, a couple days before the fast forward. And I was making these decisions as best as I could. I made them, I role played my character, how I had been playing him mm -hmm. and made those choices based on the way I've been playing them. And apparently my choices were pretty much the okay choices. There are, <laughs> if I remember reading right, there are certain choices that you should select because it basically goes, there's more to this. Uh, it seems very obvious. I'm trying my best to keep this as spoiler free, and I know it should have seemed fairly obvious, but I just, I picked answers. I didn't play my character any different than I had been playing it, and it was doing me just fine. And apparently that railroaded me into a day skipping, uh, pat on the shoulder hey cool game over good 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 time right ending as opposed to the now it's time to have everything revealed so yeah uh and it was also man i i did like it was my it's partially my fault too because i should have been managing my saves better uh unfortunately the last physical save that i did i did a long stint uh, with not a lot of saving and I'm going to have, I would, if I was to go back and try to do even just that one conversation correctly, I say correctly, but the way that the game wants me to get the, the true ending out of, I'm going to have to go back and play through several days worth of, uh, management. Yeah, uh, and sucks. I don't, yeah, I, I would have to go back and see. I don't want to say that for a fact. Don't quote me on this, folks, because I don't know. But I think there's, I think there are some characters that you have to be uh, max social link. And I did a pretty good job on that front. I was knocking out social links left and right, but I don't know specifically who I didn't. And there comes almost a soft date where it's like, yeah, if you haven't even started by this date, you're fucked because there's only enough days slash nights slash times that you can actually interact with this person given the calendar that's about to be in front of you that you can do this so um i did cheat uh in my rage i did i went i went on youtube and looked up the true ending i looked <laughs> up uh i looked up the cutscene and saw what happened uh i got the gist of what i missed out on and some, most of my questions were answered but I still left some of them vague. I still have I still have a good handful of them, and I'm keeping those to my chest. I may go back, man, sometime and knock out that those those fifteen something days, maybe even a month. I forget how long it was, and uh, I may just guide my way through it and try to get the legit answer. But I, I think if I read right, there are two bad endings, a normal ending, and a true ending. And I got the normal ending. And the normal ending for me wasn't, it was just me going through the game, playing it like I was, like I was wanting to play it. So, 
that's my strong advice for anybody out there. Uh, this, I honestly cannot tell you because it's been a while since I played Persona 4, uh, Persona 5. I can't tell you if Persona 5 ended this way. I can't tell you if there was, I want to say there was. I want to say there were some, some specific times where it was like, you gotta make specific choices because I, I played that ending. I played most of that game, like 85, 90% of that game without a guide. Again, only for questions and shit like that that I ever pull anything out for. So I didn't read anything that told me, hey, you better be choosing this stuff. Hint, hint. And I got the good ending. I got the really good ending. I can't say if that, if Persona 5 is an upgrade from 4, as in they learned their lesson to not do that shit. It also makes me worried about Persona 3. Like, does Persona 3 <laughs> have this stuff? <coughs> um, yeah. Uh, and again, guys and gals, feel free to tear my asshole wide open in the fucking comments, okay? If I, if there were obvious questions or obvious answers to questions where it's like, dude, come on, you didn't pick these four answers, like, these were the obvious ones, you know what, my bad, but at the same time, man, that's not cool, like, you can't, you can't give me a, almost a hundred hours of an RPG and tell me that because I fumbled a couple of answers that I get the wrong ending or the okay ending or because again, it's not the fact that I, it's not the fact that I got the ho hum ending. That's not my issue at all. My issue is the fact that I got the ho hum ending that didn't answer questions. You sh there. You cannot go through a hundred hour RPG, and the credits roll, and you go. Wait a minute. What about this and 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 this? Like, I, I had no answers, and the closure they gave me was more like a, "Yay, we're done. Congratulations. Good job. Bye." As opposed to a, oh, okay. So, oh man, that's good. Didn't get none of that. So, still a good game. Still had a damn good time with it. I still have the music stuck in my head. I've been humming it since I started playing the game. Uh, good story. Lots of good character development. Lots of really good characters. Just like Persona 5, man, I'm telling you. You're going to get... If you like Persona 5, you're going to be right at home. And even if that wasn't your first, this should be your first. If it is your first, be wary around the ending. Around the end of October, especially the beginning of November, you need to do a little bit of research just in case. Uh, it didn't sour the entire game for me, but it definitely soured my experience, and that fucking sucks, man. Sure. That really, really sucks. Still a damn good game. I'm glad I, I picked it up. I mean, Chris is aware of this. I'm sure the audience by now is aware of this. I'm very fucking free to the wind minded. If you don't capture my interest, I will drop you. It doesn't matter if I paid five bucks or sixty bucks. Uh, and Persona Five did. Uh, Persona Four did not. It, it captured me, and I kept playing and kept playing. And I couldn't wait to get home and play it, and felt right at home. So, yeah. Aside from the ending, totally just fucking knocking my feet out from under me. And me sitting there with a really expression, still good time. 
damn good time. Glad I played it. Now, Chris, the real question is, what the fuck am I going to do until the 7th of September when Spider-Man comes out? <laughs> I'm about to be in a whole nother week of turmoil of who the fuck knows what I'm going to be playing. Man. <laughs> I started playing a few PS2 games at random. I picked up a couple GameCube, pulled out a couple GameCube games and started playing. And I was like, nah, I'm going to be, I, maybe I'll go play Dead Cells because I was just getting back into that after the official release. But honestly, folks, I, I don't know. Next week, I do not know what I'm going to be reporting of what I'm going to be playing. Uh, I can tell you it will not be Persona 4. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I think. Yeah, man. I think that's it for my week, finally. Let me grab some fucking water and Chris, take it away, brother. How's yeah. how's your week been? Hopefully, uh, I'm going to try not to talk about this for an hour, but <clears throat> I have six games on my list, so uh, it's going to be a little bit. Some of them are quick, but um, I'll start out it's with- It's our podcast, brother. Take your time. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll start out with my normal uh, Destiny 2 segment. Um, don't want to change things up on our listeners too much. Uh, I so last last episode I talked about how I wasn't sure if I had enough time to uh, get through things before the event ended, and uh, I think the fact that there are six games on my list might be a pretty good sign of uh, what ended up happening. <laughs> I uh, I waited too long. And it, uh, it was no longer possible for me to get everything. So I only put in about six hours. I did go through and uh, I got all of the, uh, what I get, the, the regional chests. I got all those, um, which are really easy to do. They're actually on the map. <laughs> so it's not like it's a mystery of how to get them. Um, I think I started also going through some more of the... Uh, little war mind things. Uh, but I got to the point where I needed to do more uh, escalation protocols. And I just, at that point, I was not ready to go on LFG and look for a group, you know. It's, it's so brutal not having matchmaking in-game. Um, and not that public events would help anyway, because that's just whoever, you know, ends up being in your world instance. Uh, for the escalation protocols, but I just I was not feeling it. Um, I didn't want to sit there and look for a group, and then had to hook my, hook my headset up and all this, you know, first world problems. Yeah, uh, a lot of first world problems. I hear you. <laughs> I, I just wanted to play. Um, so yeah. I put about and that, dude, there, there's nothing to feel wrong about that either, man. If you want to p- turn the fucking game on and get into the game, that's that's natural. <laughs> Yeah, so Tuesday they pushed uh, version 2.0, which uh, year two technically doesn't start until next Tuesday on the uh, 4th, 3rd, 4th, yeah. It's so frustrating, too, because Monday's a holiday, but it comes out on Tuesday. So I was like, and it's not even that it comes out on, you know, like, Tuesday or, you know, Monday at midnight, you know, or Tuesday early morning, it's probably going to be the traditional Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern yeah. uh, reset time, which I I don't like that. I'd prefer it to be much earlier um, because, like, well, I could take the day off, but 
at one o'clock, I'm only going to have two hours of work left. You know, mm-hmm. I basically work seven to three. So, yeah, no point in taking the day off when I can only play for two hours of it. But I was thinking about taking maybe taking Wednesday off, but I got too much stuff to do. I'm going to be going out of town soon, and yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't know if I'd really want to take the time off at this point. But so they released patch 2.0. Um, I did log in long enough to take a look. I noticed my weapons were moved around because they changed slots uh, where they were. You know, I have a shotgun I can now use as a uh, primary and a sniper rifle I can use as a secondary now. And um, I did not go in and actually try any of the combat changes. I didn't go do any crucible or anything like that. I was just kind of, I was looking and debating on if I wanted to do any of it. Because aside from getting a feel for the new mechanics, like in Crucible, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'm just going to wait until the uh, year two starts, I think, uh, for the Forsaken DLC so I can actually play Story. And that'll be all I need to really get used to it, I think. By the time I get to the Story, I should have a pretty good feel, and then it'll be less of an adjustment once I hit Crucible. Um, so I only... like a solid play. I only put in six hours in Destiny 2 this week, um, which is actually tied for not the, the second lowest of the week. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll move into what I started playing afterwards. So I, after realizing I was behind on Destiny, I wasn't going to make it. I was like, all right, well, what else do I want to play? But knowing, like you're talking about, there's games coming out in a week. So I need something that I'm not going to be playing for too long or I won't be able to drop, you know, in a week. Yeah. Uh, So I was like, hmm. I was just going through my Steam library and I was like, you know, I've seen some people uh, stream Wreckfest lately. Um, I haven't played it since it was an early access and now it's actually released, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think I saw people mention that there was a, you know, kind of a wipe at uh, the re- release version to reset progress and get everybody on a level playing field. Um, mm-hmm. So I loaded it up. Um, it's much more of a game than it was back then. Uh, it was fun to get that Destruction Derby nostalgia um, for a little bit anyway. It it plays differently. Uh, I don't know how much of it is because I'm still unlocking things and getting cars and whatnot. But it feels the the Destruction Derby aspect doesn't feel as good as the Destruction Derby PlayStation game that I'm referencing. Uh, yeah. When it comes to like damage and whatnot to your vehicle, like I said, I'm sure once I get upgrades and stuff, it'll be better. But it, I don't know, it just doesn't seem it doesn't feel the same um, or yeah. as good, I should say. Uh, yeah. The racing. It's pretty fun. Uh, I started trying to go through career mode, and uh, I quickly hit a wall where I can't progress unless I do optional objectives, but they don't make sense with what you have to do even win the event. Like, there's, and it's funny, there's one, uh, I love it because you're actually riding around on reinforced lawnmowers, uh, which is comical and amusing to do. That's kind of funny. 
Yeah, but the yeah the very first event I did in the career mode was a destruction derby with lawnmowers. That was tons of fun. <laughs> I murdered people. I like anytime you T-bone a lawnmower in that game, you're basically going to send them and its rider spinning over, and it's an instant uh, knockout. Uh, mm. So I quickly won that. I think on like the first try. Uh, the other one is actually a race. It's a figure eight race. Um, mm. And the objective to get more points in it is to knock out, you know, other lawnmowers. Well, that is a very tough race. Um, you cannot afford to be bouncing around, you know, playing Destruction Derby on the race mm-hmm. and still hope to get first, which you have to get first to complete the objective, uh, overall objective. Yeah. Um, so I think... That's one I didn't finish. I didn't finish several of them. I think there's like eight total things on the uh, entry-level career mode page because they're different events you can enter in race. Um, I think there are three that I don't have cars for yet, so I technically can't do them. Uh, mm-hmm. But based on the other ones, I think I only have two of them where I completed all objectives, maybe a third one, um, which all in all isn't bad. I put roughly three hours into the game um, just to get a feel for it. I was like, all right, that's cool. Um, It's, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't unlocked everything. I don't know how it's going to be when I get to that point. I do think that if you have a group to play with, it'd be really fun just straight up because you can do mm-hmm. servers i didn't join any multiplayer servers i was purely trying single player uh just to get a feel for the game again but there are tons of multiplayer servers you can just hop in and do races and stuff uh, that might be the better way to earn all the other stuff i don't know how much of it carries over to single player i think it does um yeah so it's i don't think it's a bad game by any means um i like I said, I didn't get that Destruction Derby uh, PlayStation 1 game feel from it when actually doing the Destruction Derby mode, which is a little disappointing, but I'm holding out hope that it'll get better. Um, so after trying that, um, I'm not really getting bored with it, just getting done with it for the moment. Uh, I did play some more Stardew Valley multiplayer. Um, put 13 and a half more hours into that, uh, playing with my girlfriend and sometimes the kids. Um, Mm -hmm. it's fun. It's just a fun little game to play. Uh, even though, like I said before, I've almost hundred percent the game on single player playing through multiplayer, still fun. Uh, I didn't touch graveyard keeper, uh, at all this past week. And I don't know. It's one of those things where. Graveyard Keeper is fun in its own way, uh, but it's it's a bit much, for lack of a better way to put it. There are way mm-hmm. too many things uh, you can do at once, and there's way too many dependencies. Whereas Stardew Valley, it's a lot more simplified, which has its ups and downs. You know, it limits kind of the content overall. Uh, going to Stardew Valley, there's not as much content, but you have more clearly defined lanes of content. You know, mm-hmm. if I want to do something fishing related, I just fish. I don't, I I might have to mine some resources to upgrade my fishing pole, which actually, no, I don't because I can just buy it. 
So as long as I have money, which I can get from fishing, I can do fishing and do nothing but that and be good. Um, whereas graveyard keeper, you know, I want to do farming. Well, I have to go deal with bodies. I have to deal with this and that and this, you know, it's mm-hmm. not as straightforward to, uh, progress. There's a lot of lateral progression, uh, where yeah. Stardew Valley gives you, you know, forward progression. Um, but yeah, we're having fun with it still. Uh, that's kind of, uh, something to do when I don't have anything else to do is mm-hmm. to hop on uh, multiplayer, uh, with that. Um, so I got to a point where I, I think this is after I played Wreckfest because Stardew Valley has been in the middle of all these games pretty much, uh, here and there. But, uh, I think it was after I got done with Wreckfest, I actually loaded up my Xbox One, went to my games and was like, okay, I, I need something to play. I don't know what to play. You know, it's one of those moments, uh, we've mm-hmm. talked about so many times. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. And I looked and I was like, hmm, I don't know. And I was just kind of going through, uh, my games are sorted by file size. So I, I always see, you know, a couple of them, like I need to go finish them so I can uninstall them uh, once I get to 100%. But I don't feel like doing that or whatever, especially like Final Fantasy 15. Never beat the game, much mm-hmm. less 100% it, but no desire to go back and play it at the moment. But I looked and I was like, oh yeah, Assassin's Creed Origins is still installed. Uh, I thought I 100% that game. Um, I know there's a little like the uh, Ubisoft, uh, what do they call their little system? Uh, 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 the Oh, wow. I can't believe. I can't believe I don't remember that. It's like their, their little internet thing. Their, uh, their Steam, basically. Yeah. Anyway. I'm sure it'll come to me. Uh, but they have some of their little milestones inside of their Ubisoft stuff. Ubisoft mm-hmm. Club or... You play. you play. You play. Yeah. Ah, there are ah. some you play achievements that I could unlock, but some of them were based around like community events. Some of them I don't think was even possible anymore, so I didn't really care about those. I had 100% on the game. Um, you know, I thought I did, and I look, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm at 1,000, and I'm like, wait, I'm at 1,000 out of 1,500. I was like, oh, was there a mm. DLC? Mm. I I stopped following it uh, once I beat it, and I I don't know how I missed it, but there have been two DLCs. Um, so I was like, oh, I should go play that. <laughs> I think that's actually what I titled my stream as, was like, oh, there's a DLC, I should go do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I loaded up Assassin's Creed uh, Origins. It's been a long time since I played it. Uh, probably nearly, uh, maybe six to eight months, depending on when those events I was doing was. Uh, and of course I hop in, I'm like, okay, I have no idea what the controls are. Um, so I'm wandering around doing all kinds of crazy things, just hitting buttons. And then I finally figured out, I'm like, all right, I'm good. So I'm like, all right, how do I go to these DLCs? So I look at the map. There's not really anything that jumps out at me as like a story mission. So I'm like, okay, maybe they're all side quests. So. Um, yeah. Because the quests in the game are divided into main quests, side quests, and I think there's something else. I don't even know. Uh, so I was like, okay, I have some side quests on the map. I'll go do those. So I went and did them, and I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem 
I'm pretty sure this is already here and I just never did it or something, or they added it in later with the patch or something. I was like, this doesn't feel like DLC. And I got the thing, I was like, do I own them? You know, because I'm pretty sure I had the season pass. So yeah. I go to the store and I look, it's like, yeah, you own this. I'm like, huh. And I was actually looking and it's like, install. Oh. Uh, okay. I, uh, I guess I yeah. need to install the DLC. It didn't just, you know, yeah. update with the game itself. I had to actually go to the store and install it. Mm. So I was like, okay, my bad. Should have checked that. Um, <laughs> so I was at, I put uh, six hours into it, and this is probably at the four-hour mark because <laughs> wow. I had been doing other side stuff that I had. One of the side quests, mm-hmm. I think, was a addition that teased you into the or introduced you into one of the DLCs because um, mm-hmm. I know this one wasn't there before, and it ties in with the subject material of one of the DLCs. Uh, so I was like, okay, you know, new Assassin's Creed coming soon. Makes sense for me to go through these DLCs, wrap up this game, and then come October 2nd, I'm going to be ready. Um, so I didn't, I, like I said, I think I spent about two hours on the DLC, knocked out. Did I? I think I actually finished it. I think I finished one of the DLCs. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty good. It, it uh, the one I completed is called The Hidden Ones. And it is more into the, you know, Assassin's Brotherhood history and how it progressed mm-hmm. after the end of the, you know, origins main story. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think at one point it's like you're about to jump a year in the future or four years in the future or something like that. You know, do you want to proceed? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did then. That's pretty good. And I've got the other one. I don't know what it's called because I haven't started it yet. Uh, but it's seems to be based all around undead or something. So it's got a little bit more uh, uh, mythical uh, aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that, and the one that I was talking about, the side quest that tied into the DLC, it actually ties into this undead related, related one. And those enemies were kicking my ass. Now, oh, wow. I think part of it's because with the Hidden Ones DLC, it upped the level cap to 45, which I wasn't aware of. Um, but the second one actually upped it to 50. So technically, I'm probably under-leveled for the start of that DLC because I think I'm at 44. Um, the Apparently, there's an item you can use. I don't know if it's one of those things you buy with you know, Helix points or whatever. Uh with your Uplay points, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but you can get up to level 45 instantly. So they have like a quick level thing to get, if you want to get caught up to be able to do the DLC. Um, so I'm guessing being 44, I'm a little bit low. Now, the bright side of this is because there were so many quests to do and stuff, and that like there's more map stuff for me to complete now. There's more collectibles. There's more places for me to take out. <laughs> There's all this other content I'm going to do. Even though I beat the story of the DLC, of the Hidden Ones DLC, I didn't complete that new map area. Um, and there's another one in the second DLC. So even once I beat these stories, I'll still probably have another 10 hours of nice. you know, uh, worth of gameplay to do just to finish collecting stuff, uh, mm-hmm. knock out the achievements to get my uh, score back up to 100%. 
as I do with Assassin's Creed games. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it felt it felt good to go back to the game, you know, because I enjoyed it when I played it. But then it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm done. These community events, they're lackluster. So having a yeah. real DLC to play, it felt good to go back to. Yeah, good, good, good. So then Monday rolls around. Let me double check the date. Uh, uh, actually, correction, Tuesday rolls around. And, you know, I'm working and I'm looking through streams to watch. And on Tuesday, um, a game release called Yakuza Kiwami 2. Oh, okay. Now, did you talk about the Yakuza games or was that Adam before? Uh, that may have been Adam. I want to, I, I can't remember if he played, how much he's played, but I know I own Yakuza 0. Mm-hmm. And I believe I mentioned that I, it's, this is one of those games that I started on. Uh, I mentioned in, in an episode in the past that I started and, uh, dropped. Okay. And this is another one of those games that has, uh, apparently fallen into that you just didn't give it enough time because uh so i have yakuza zero playstation Mm -hmm. 4 and i was starting it and playing it and uh mind you i think one of the hindrances for me was that i was surrounded by people that have played this game and love it to death so it kind of put it on a like a really high pedestal and when i you know made my first man i want to say maybe not even an hour or so into the game it wasn't really grabbing me the way that the hype around it was portraying it and then so i stopped playing it i mean it wasn't horrible i was just like "Eh, this is okay i just i'm not feeling it and fast forward like four or five or six months and uh i started i began watching the two best friends play their playthrough of it and I said, you know what? I'm going to give it about five or ten episodes. And if I see shit that really grabs my attention, I'll probably go back to that game. Uh, and I forget what episode, but there's an episode way at the beginning where the main character goes and talks to basically other Yakuza bosses. Mm-hmm. And they explain situation that he's in and the voice acting and the story that was fixing to envelop uh, open up. I was like, oh. Okay, all right. I need to go back and actually give this game some more time because I feel I'm going to be interested. Okay. That, though, unfortunately, is the only Yakuza experience I have at all. So uh, I believe Yakuza Kiwami is, I don't even know. I I hear all, especially Easy Allies, because, good God, Michael Huber. uh, I hear people talk about this game. I just don't know what it is. I don't know where it fits in the Persona storyline, timeline, etc. So it's all you. I'm not sure where Persona comes into it. I think you meant Yakuza timeline. Oh, Yakuza. (laughs) Do I have Persona on the mind? Yeah. I'm Persona. Instead of Hive mind, I'm Persona mind. So, all right. So I watched Co-Carnage, topical, um, play this game on Tuesday. He was starting it. I've never played him. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll watch him play it because I've never played in a series. Probably won't. That's fine. So I watched it. I'm like, hmm, this game, this game's pretty good. I want to play it. Um, So I stopped watching. Uh, I, I did watch all of his I think he played like six hours of it on Tuesday. So not a ton of it. 
Um, I did get spoiled by a lot of stuff from Yakuza Kiwami. I'm okay with this because, you know, I did it to myself. You know, I knew what I was going into. It even said, do you want, you know, the game said, uh, when you start Yakuza Kiwami 2, it says, do you want to remember? Talking about remember what happened, you know, in the last game. And Mm -hmm. he played it out, you know, and I watched it. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. Um, Man, the story of Yakuza Kiwami even though I didn't see any gameplay, basically only seeing cutscenes and a little voiceover talking about things that happened. That's a good story. Um, really? So I'm like, all right, I want to go back and play that. Well, Yakuza Kwame, Yakuza Kwame two are remakes of Yakuza one and Yakuza two. So Yakuza oh. zero is a prequel to is a prequel. Yakuza. Yes. So I'm like, all right, cool. here's what I'm going to do. I probably don't have time for this because uh, Destiny 2 starts next week, but I'm going to see how far I can get. So I I put 11 hours into Yakuza 0. Um, mm-hmm. I bought it and Yakuza Kwame both because they're like 20 bucks each right now. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't buy Kwame 2 yet. I'm going to wait. it probably drop a little bit but by the time I'm ready to play it. Um, but I fully intend to play it. Um, so I, like I said, I put 11 hours into Yakuza 0. Um I I have mixed feelings about the game. Um, the storyline is interesting. Um, it's 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 also a little hard to play knowing when I see a character. I'm like, yeah, you're a piece of shit in the next game. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I've kind of it's I don't want to say ruined it for me, but it certainly made it a little awkward at times. Uh, yeah. But and the game is older, so. It's not, it's not a bad game, um, and it certainly wasn't a bad game when it was released. But it's got a little bit of datedness to it, not much, but yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much time I'm going to put into it as far as side stuff, because I want to get to Yakuza Kiwami. So this might be a, and I'm making save points fairly regularly. Uh, so if I do yeah. decide to go back and do side stuff, if I miss something because of, uh, you know, rushing through a story, so to speak, which I'm, I'm not truly rushing, but I'm not taking my time to, you know, hunt through nooks and crannies for side stories. Um, yeah. I, I'll probably end up pushing through the game a little quicker just so I can get to Kwame faster. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's where the real meat starts. Um, yeah. And then you accuse of Kwame too. Um, I fortunately six hours isn't enough to really get a lot into story on it. So I'm not super spoiled on it, but just the gameplay differences mechanically between you accuse zero and Kwame two, Kwame two is so much better gameplay wise. Wow. Um, I don't know where Kwame stands in because I haven't seen it or played it yet, but I'm hoping it's more like Kwame two. And I expect it will be since it's a remake. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Kwame too. I don't. I don't think would be a super. Uh, would be very different than Kwame as far as gameplay goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes more sense between Zero and Kwame. Uh, so there that's are- kind of how I feel about Zero. I mean, to cut you off. I'm sorry, but it, the the story of Yakuza Zero has me interested. Mm-hmm. But if the gameplay itself is 
boring to me or not good enough, I can totally see myself just fucking watching the YouTube movie version of Yakuza 0. And to me, that's okay. I've already spent 60 bucks, already bought the game. I have contributed to the company. I've given my, I've given my blood. But, uh, yeah, I and and you saying this now has me even further interested because one, I didn't know how these games played as far as prequels, sequels. I knew that Yakuza Zero obviously was a prequel to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I did not know that Kuami was a remake of the first and second one. That's yeah. interesting, and I also didn't know that the gameplay would be different. It's like, well, well, well what is it? But I, I want to wait. <laughs> yeah, it's. And the some parts of the gameplay are similar. I mean, combat is sort of similar. Of course, it's not going to be a huge change, uh, mm-hmm. but more like the leveling up system or upgrading abilities, buying abilities, whatever you want to call it. That mm-hmm. part changes, and it's much better in Kiwami 2. Um, and there are some other tweaks, but uh, the way you find items on the map that seems to be better. Um, I don't know if Zero just doesn't have a lot of them, but Kwame 2 is loaded with them. So you actually get rewarded for exploring. Uh, in Zero, I run around, I'm like, oh, another dead alley. A dead end alley, you know. Great. Okay. I'll move on then. Nothing to see here. Uh, so it's, yeah, overall, I mean, so many improvements to it. Uh, especially quality of life things, I think. Um, but I'm also really curious about the story. Uh, of. Uh, I'm curious to see how Zero ties into Kwame. Because um, I already know how Kwame ties into Kwame too because of my spoilers. Uh, but I'm still interested to play through it myself and actually get the dialogue. Uh, things because it's like, even though they show the cutscenes, a lot of them were like edited and then you didn't get all the dialogue at points. You would see the characters talking, but the narrator would be talking instead. So you can't hear that dialogue. So even yeah. though it spoiled it and told you what happened, it didn't give you all the details. So it's not yeah. like detailed spoilers. So I think I'll still enjoy playing Kwame, especially if the gameplay is like Kwame too. If it's close enough, I think the gameplay itself would just be worth it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of my, I'm like, all right, I need to finish Assassin's Creed okay, I want to play Yakuza now. Um, so I went from not knowing what to play to having, you know, several games I'm trying to play at once. Um, and that leads me to today, because I uh, misread your message and thought we were going to be starting later. <laughs> so I started a game that came out today called Two Point Hospital. Okay. Um, right. Surprise, surprise, I'm playing another simulation game. Uh did you ever play Theme Hospital? No. Heard about it, never played it. Me neither. Um, apparently people really liked it. And some of the devs are are on the team that made Two Point Hospital. It's a simulation game. As you can, as it sounds, you're managing a mm-hmm. hospital. You know, hiring doctors, building your rooms out, doing your, you know, building layouts, hiring, firing people, um, Basically, doing all the things you expect to do in a simulation game. Uh, where this has the added entertainment is that it's not a serious game. Um, the diseases 
are often plays on word or literal descriptions uh, like lightheadedness. A person walks in and they literally have a light bulb for a head. Okay. And the machine that cures them unscrews the light bulb, (coughs) throws it away, and then places a head on their body. That's the cure. So it is so comical. Um, And, I mean, that's just, it's, it's comical gameplay with a good system behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. I did only play it for an hour and a half today. Uh, I saw an early access play of it a couple weeks ago, or no earlier this week, I think, actually. Uh, But it was only like four hours out or so. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's it's fun to play. Uh, One of the amusing things going along with the you know, lack of seriousness and how comical it is. Uh, there's actually a radio station that plays, you know, that's your background music mm-hmm. and not just does music play, uh, but it actually is like a radio station. You have DJs that come on and speak, uh, and they have personality. Uh, there are advertisements that come on that are absurd. Um, it's, it's got so much. I, I, I can't think of a good way to describe it. Um, it's just a good feeling game to play. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a simulation game, which I like anyway. But it also uh, isn't stuck on being too realistic, and it's not serious by any means. Um, yeah, the just the diseases alone, seeing what all they are. Um, and it's like, you know, you got diarrhea mouth, which isn't, isn't one that you get a, you know, particular scene for, but you know, it's each disease has a description too. Um, so the way to describe things is great. Uh, it's, there's like pan head person has a pan on their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like it has a very cute charm about it. Yeah. A very comical, cute charm. And I like that. I'm not, I can I can dig that. Yeah, it does. Um So I'm enjoying playing it. I'm probably gonna play a lot more of it. Uh I have to figure out how I'm gonna balance all these though. Um that might be one I play when I'm in between stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. even though because it's as much as I like simulation games, they don't typically end you know so it's not going to go okay well i'm going to play it till i beat it which i probably can because there are you know a set number of places i'm sure of uh, quote-unquote levels um because like you start out in the first hospital and you have a set of objectives and once you complete those it's like all right you can go start your next hospital um and you can go back to your first one at any time if you want to upgrade or whatnot but your second one will have a new set of objectives and will unlock more mechanics for you. So it's not okay. like a straight up tutorial system. Uh, even though there's a, there's a little bit of tutorial at the beginning. It's like, all right, you need to build this room, hire a doctor. And this is okay. You're started. Um, and then as new diseases, new diseases, new diseases are discovered. Um, it's like, all right, this disease has been discovered. This is how we cure it. So it's like, all right, you will need this room or, 
this room you already have will heal it um, or cure it. Uh, so it doesn't hold your hand too much. Um, and it has a nice progression system as you go through the different hospitals. Um, because like the first one, you just have your main building you start with. Starting at the second one, you can buy additional lots to build buildings next to that one. So on this one nice. quote-unquote level, you may have four buildings for your hospital when you're done with it. You don't need I to like do all that. four I like that. to Expansion. do all the objectives. Yeah, but you can expand to have basically wings of your hospital. Um, and as you get into the – I think I've seen – I think, uh, again, Ko is the one I watched play this – I think when he did his early access or early look, it wasn't early access, it was early look at it because um, it was the release version. He just got to play it a few days early. Uh, he, I think he beat the third hospital or he's almost done the third hospital or might have just started the fourth. Uh, but you certainly need that extra space at that point. It starts getting busier. You get more patients. You know, you're needing more of the same type of rooms. You know, you have your pharmacy. Now you need like two pharmacies to keep up, uh, stuff yep, like yep. that. So, a lot of management to it. Um, let's see. That's it for games. I don't know if there's anything else I want to... I don't think I forgot anything. Yeah, so that's, I know there was... There was one other thing that I forgot to mention in my week. Okay. Uh, I, meant to, I think I brought this up last episode as well, but... Uh, this is something that maybe either either you can help me out or if anything you can just hear me out on it is man I didn't realize exactly how rough it is trying to do pre-orders uh for games. Now this this all this also ties into the discussion that we just had earlier about you know living in this first world nation and mm -hmm. complaining about the uh the 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 ease of access and yada 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 but I've been trying my best to it's such a vast difference of what I used to be like as a gamer, but I'm totally down these days with uh, downloading. Excuse me, downloading a game digitally mm -hmm. and having it that way. Yeah. Uh, the convenience for me is just so much better, and I'm finding that that that's actually posing rather difficult at times, especially when it comes to pre-orders. Uh, if the game's already out, you just go download a, a purchase a download code, and then there you go. But sure. pre-orders, I'm finding finding it rough. Uh, so my Spider-Man copy mm -hmm. uh, that's that's releasing on the seventh. I think I actually had to go to the PlayStation Store on PlayStation and purchase the download code for that game, and I was actually able to buy it outright. So I purchased that game. And I'm just waiting for it to release and I can download it. Sure. I tried the same thing with Doom Eternal. And I cannot. First place I did go was Steam. And they don't even have Doom 2016 on Steam. So uh, I went to GameStop online. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I went to Amazon. And they had them all there. Uh, they had all the Dooms. The PC, PlayStation 4, etc., etc., uh, but the PC one wasn't a download code. Now, mind you, this is all taking place. The last time I checked, this was three or four days ago. So like the 27th, 28th of uh, August, 2018. Depending on when this is going to be listened to, this whole thing might have changed. And it might have been changed for every game around it as well. Every All kind of other games. But 
Yeah, the PC version that I could find on Amazon was just a physical. I say physical because apparently, according to some employees, uh, usually they just send you a code anyway. But it doesn't say explicitly to get the code. It just says right. you'll receive the game two to three days. Uh, for Prime, you'll receive the game two days after it releases. I said, okay, you know what? I don't mind waiting a couple days. I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy. I can deal with that. This isn't uh, Breath of the Wild 2, you know. I'll, I'll be all right. And I added it to my cart, and it was like, all right, here you go. We'll charge you when the game's released. And I said, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not what I want. I want to purchase it now and not, because I have the money now. <laughs> and uh, I realize again how fucking spoiled this makes me sound. You know, if you have the money, just fucking buy a gift card or draw the money out of your account and set it to the side. I know. I get it. I'm making the case for the accessibility of it. Um, I, I've got a couple of the games that I... Uh, 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 Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one I purchased straight off of Steam, and it's when that game gets here, I'll be able to download it. So that's another su- success story. Uh, Kingdom Hearts three, I ha- is is another game I want to pre order. I haven't uh, I haven't tried to see if I can download a code for that one just or b- purchase a pre order download code just yet for that one. And there are a couple other games that I want to go ahead and try to pre order. But yeah, that's uh. I want to pre-order games, pay for them up front, and I want to pay for the digital version so I don't have to go somewhere and wait in line and, and show my receipt to have my copy. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, I'm finding um, uh, it just depends on per game. That's actually very difficult. <laughs> yeah. They don't all do that, and you have to go through some hoops to try to find where to do that at. Uh, that I was another suggestion somebody made was to just buy a gift card and just have it ready. That way, when the money, I'm like, that's ah, even that. No, I. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that the PlayStation Store would charge you. I don't think I've ever pre-ordered something on PS4. No, I think yeah, about I think the, I think my uh, my Spider-Man copy is already paid for. Yeah, uh, and that um, one I pre-ordered through the PlayStation Store. Yeah. So that one lucked out. So that I may be in luck with Kingdom Hearts four, three uh, and three. Sorry, man, <laughs> I'm way in the future. Um, and there are a couple other games I want. Uh, Resident Evil two. There's another mm-hmm. one. Uh, I want to go ahead and pre order that one, but I haven't checked the PS. I haven't checked the store. Yeah, uh, Mega Man eleven was another one. I did pre order that one through Steam, and I'll have that one ready. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just. It's so painful for me with PlayStation. Uh, as much as I like the PS4 Pro, you know, as hardware, I hate uh, the freaking Sony store. Um, mainly because they don't have two-factor authentication. And, mm-hmm. yeah, my account, like I talked about my account getting hacked and stuff. So when I bought the Yakuza games, I literally went on Amazon, bought two of the $10 cards, and then mm-hmm. one of the $20 cards uh, and put the money in my PlayStation account that way and bought the games immediately, I will not attach a card or my PayPal to Sony again. Just, you, would, you would think after all the shit they went through, they would have. They're the <laughs> only ones that don't. You know? 
It's good. I have two-factor okay, authentication guys. on Uplay. There's not even billing on it. Oh, wow. As far as I know, you know, but I have two-factor authentication there. have it on Steam, Xbox. Uh, oh, I even man. put it on my Nintendo account recently. They have it. Why? Sony, you're Why? getting out. You're getting out security by UPlay. Sit on that uh, one for just a minute. Ah, uh, uh. yeah. So, um, back to your topic, though. Uh, I I think uh, Microsoft and Xbox they seem to do theirs like a week in advance now for digital. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I got my charge went through for Forsaken, uh, Destiny Two Forsaken. Uh, like three days ago, it might have been Tuesday, exactly a week before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, okay, I'm good when it comes out. Um, yeah. So, uh, Amazon is typically like when it ships or it's about yeah. to ship. Yeah. Which, and, if it's digital, yeah. it's when the game releases. Right. It's just something I wish more companies would get on board with. I, because I'm so unfamiliar with the pre-order thing like I've, I've only pre-ordered like maybe maybe five maybe ten games total in my life by this but at this point in 2018 i would have thought this was already a thing like this is i would have thought this is something i've been doing for years it's a whole to me that's a whole point of pre-ordering uh i mean usually when i go to gamestop for example and pre-order a game they even ask you like how much do you want to put up front and i'm like i want to buy it outright about the yeah. whole thing right now. I don't want to lay away. Just give it to me right now. Yeah, but, and I, uh, I get what you're saying, but I I kind of disagree. I like not having the money taken out until the game releases because if I need yeah. that money, I'm hosed out of it. You know, I can't just go can- – well, I can cancel my pre-order, but uh, yeah. when you're doing digitally, uh, some places it's not always an option, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was it for – that was it for my – my week. I guess that was it for your week as well. I just wanted yeah. to mention that as my pre-order woes again. <laughs> I'm such a spoiled fucking brat, but <laughs> I like it. I like the ability of going, okay, hey, guess what? When these games come out, I've already paid for them, and they're they're just there. They're coming. I don't have to worry yeah. about going anywhere. They're downloading as we speak. I pre-order tons of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, on to today's topic. We are going to talk about our, some of, maybe even for me, maybe all of <laughs> our favorite content creators. Now, when I posed this to Chris, Chris did bring up a good point. Uh, I just mentally had in my head about this topic, uh, uh, YouTube uh, channels, because that's that's the majority for me of content creators. But Chris as well mentioned that, yeah, Twitch, Twitch is another good one, which, yes, mm-hmm. duh. Why did I not think of that? Uh, I would say for the audience as well, uh, while we're primarily going to be mentioning YouTube and, uh, and Twitch, it could be any content creator, uh, especially if you wanted to email in and talk about yours, uh, give some shout outs and whatnot, any content creators at all. But I believe, unless I'm mistaken, Chris, this is primarily going to focus on YouTube and Twitch creators. Yeah. Um, I have a lot, um, (laughs) I'm going to try not to spend fucking 20 minutes on every single one. I'm not going to spend that much. I'm really not. But I, every time I go through my subscriptions list in YouTube, 
Uh, I'm always astounded. Uh, it's especially good, ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, and Chris as well, to go through your YouTube subscriptions now and again because apparently the algorithms change so much that there were content creators in here that were producing content that I didn't even see. Yeah. Never came across my subscriptions feed. That, that pissed me off. That pissed me off. And I know why, like, there's all kind of fucking algorithm reasons why, like, maybe they had a gap in their, in their production and that put them in some different production loop and then blah, 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 blah. If they are, if I am subscribed to them, YouTube, I want to see their content. I don't care if it's a month between or a day in between. Don't filter shit out. That's the whole point of the subscribe button for me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um so yeah i don't know how we're gonna do this chris we could probably so do you how many like twitch people did you, are we shouting out or are you shouting out this episode um i kind of i lumped some of mine together too okay uh so you know to kind of save some time i won't you know go well i like this person and this person and this person you know spend 10 minutes yeah. on each i can just say these all you know strain the same kind of stuff like just to throw yeah. out um one of my groupings was the gta 5 roleplay community um mm-hmm. there are i'm probably following upwards of 15 to 20 different streamers that are part Damn. of that community um there are a few main ones i watch but i followed the others so if i want to see a different perspective or say nobody else is online or streaming at the moment. <laughs> I have somebody yeah. from that community to watch, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, and that's sometimes it's just from going to the GTA five directory on Twitch and going, all right, who has role play in their title for the server I watch. Uh, and you know, I'm like, all right, there's one found him. <laughs> Don't know who he plays, <laughs> but let's go take a look. You know, that, I mean, yeah. for the most part, I'll spend at least a little bit of time in there. I'll probably drop a follow just to, you know, see what happens with their character moving forward. Uh, but there are, like I said, several that I watch primarily. Uh, and they're, the, they're typically the bigger ones. Um, and they're the bigger ones for a reason. Uh, but like there's Timac, uh, PMS Proxy, uh, Thadrius, uh, and Miggity Man. I wrote down as kind of my four probably top uh, roleplay streamers uh, that mm-hmm. I actively watch on the uh, it's the family RP is their uh, server. Um, yeah, and I've talked about GTA Five roleplay. It's a very interesting thing. I've even participated for an afternoon. Uh, I can't handle the queue times though, so I've kind of <laughs> backed off that until they uh, unlock either more servers or finally the mod they use cracks the code on being able to support 64 players, uh, with AI still. Um, cause yeah. right now servers are limited to 32 people. Uh, and the, the queue for the public server is upwards of over a hundred at any point in time. Uh, yeah. and it will literally take you 24 hours plus to get through the queue sometimes. Um, so I, I don't participate actively um i might in the future like i said if they resolve some of those things to make it easier to do um but watching them that's one of the main things i do right now uh the stories they create it's like watching tv um yeah someone came into one of the chats the other day and was like i was actually watching a non-rp uh gta uh five speedrunner 
um, someone came in the chat and was like, I don't understand why someone can watch, you know, role play in this game. It's just like, you, you just don't, you don't get it. Um, it's, and that's all, basically all I said was, it's like watching a TV show most of the time, uh, when you get the good yeah. people. Um, cause there are, you know, there's the drama of it. There's the comedy of it. All the things you can pick out about TV shows you like, there are situations where that exact same thing is happening. You know, there are character deaths. People will, you know, perma kill their character in certain situations. You know, uh, someone else shoots them or something. And uh, based on the situation, you know, oftentimes it's like, all right, you go to a hospital, you get better, blah, blah, blah. You just proceed with your story. Um, other times, it's such a traumatic or dramatic situation. That's like, I'm done with that character. That character is done. This is how they yeah. go out. This character will never be seen again. And then there'll be impacts from that. It's like, Oh, that person's gone. You know, this person killed them. Um, if it's known, you know, sometimes it's, uh, there's a recent one where it's kind of well known who did it, what and whatnot. So there's a whole situation around that. But sometimes it's like, yeah, we haven't seen this person in months because the other characters in the story don't know what happened to them, but the viewers know that character was murdered and left out in a ditch essentially, you know, six months ago and nobody knows. So, you know, based on the story, that's kind of what you're getting as a viewer, you know, which is oftentimes totally different than as a player you know as a player you get your perspective um, yeah but then as a viewer you get to see all the different ones uh not to spend too much time on this uh but there was a time about a year and a half ago or so where there was a major uh thing going on where one of the gangs on the server they they did robberies and stuff but they actually uh, did a bank heist and it got so dramatic that I had multi twitch up and I was watching, I think eight streams at once <laughs> because wow. I was watching all the criminal perspectives, all the cop perspectives, you know, I would mute and unmute strategically to hear what was going on on each side or have them play over each other. Uh, and I'll do that. I'll have double audio just so I can hear, both sides and what the players are saying, not just the characters, you know, because you mm-hmm. get kind of the, the person streaming the player, they're talking outside of character as well. Some, sometimes, sometimes not, it depends on the situation, but that out of character talk is essentially like the inner monologue of the character that you don't hear from the other person's perspective. It's like, Oh shit, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know? And then from the other side, you hear, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about or something, you know, nonchalant. <laughs> but the player, the streamer is essentially panicking, you know, and that gives oh, you that wow. inner monologue of, oh, God, what what am I going to do? You know, so you get this, yeah. like I said, it goes back to you get these TV show quality situations and experiences. Um, it's not all like that, you know, to be fair. And that kind of. That's a turn off to some people. They. uh there'll be downtime essentially where not a whole lot's going on, you know? And when people watch GTA, they're like, well, I want to see people shooting stuff and blowing stuff up, but that's not 
super common in a lot of the roleplay. There are servers like that where it's more action-oriented. But what I watch is more story-oriented, you know, more roleplay-oriented. Um, so when someone gets yeah. shot, it should be a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's an explosion, that's a really big deal unless it's a stupid AI blowing things up, you know, helicopters flying in the sky type crap. That happens. Um, but typically it's a big deal. Um, yeah, like I said, there are gangs and all this stuff. So it's a, it's quite a thing to watch. Um, and I can understand people not understanding if they don't catch it at good times. Um, yeah. or they catch someone that's not as experienced of a role player. Um, cause it can be, it can be rough getting into for new characters uh, even for people that have played a new character coming on the scene, you have to, you know, now integrate yourself into this uh, structure that already exists amongst the uh, other players and characters. Um, but yeah, so that's I spent way too much time talking about that. <laughs> but yeah, that, okay. that's one of my main groups of people I watch right now on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um. My my Twitch group uh, or my Twitch uh, content creator list is going to be fairly small, almost tiny uh, compared to Chris's. Uh, we'll see how our YouTube stack up, I guess. But uh, I know I can give a shout out uh, right off the bat to one of the first uh, YouTube, no, sorry, Twitch streamers that I ever subscribed to. It was uh, I didn't even know that Twitch streaming was a thing until I stumbled upon. Like I knew it was, a, I knew kind of what it was, but didn't realize how interested I was going to be in some of the things until I found this guy. Um, and he may be still streaming to this day. He may be still putting out content to this day. I'm not too sure, uh, but. It's uh, Burning the Midnight Oil Gaming. That entire phrase, just as you heard it. You should be able to put that into Google and go to YouTube. Uh, The obvious reason why (laughs) I started watching this guy is because he streamed at midnight. Uh, as I mean, that doesn't really mean a whole lot of anything these days because there are people across the country that are streaming at midnight and it's daytime for them. Like the time zone isn't really a thing. Uh, too big of an issue. It's just that I was randomly looking up years and years ago uh, YouTube video game streams. I'm sorry, Twitch streams. Uh, I was looking at them at like, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning. Found this guy was streaming and started watching uh, his voice, his personality, his attitude, uh, and also the fact he was playing a lot of games that I liked. Um, so, yeah, I used to. Back in my older initial dual monitor days, I would have Twitch stream up at, you know, two o'clock in the morning watching this guy play something. Uh, I learned, I learned how to download videos. I even asked, I remember asking him permission. He's like, dude, I don't care if you can do it, do it. That's fine. Uh, he was, it became a lot of background noise, kind of like a lot of my YouTube videos are. And, uh, yeah, pretty cool guy. And uh, he was one of the first guys that I ever kind of subscribed to. And ever, if anything, he was definitely one of the first people that I followed. Uh, it died off over time, as you know, a lot of a lot of content like that does for me. But uh, yeah, good stuff. All right. Um, yeah, and a lot of my, a lot of the people I watch on Twitch also put out YouTube videos. 
So mm-hmm. it's not like I couldn't see their content, you know, on YouTube. But I'm, for the most part, I'm more of a watch it live type person, even though it really doesn't yeah. matter. Um, yeah. Because I'm, you know, typically a lurker. I don't participate in chat a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So watching it in the a replay doesn't really uh, hurt anything. It's no different. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the kind of the way I watch. Uh, the other... Well, yeah, I'll stick to uh, Twitch for now. The other big grouping uh, I did for Twitch were the D&D channels. Because, um, you know, we talked about Critical Role. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's a big one. Uh, I know you're holding mm-hmm. off after you finished uh, Campaign 1. I've been still following uh, Campaign 2. Uh, it'll be on in a couple of hours. I'll watch it tomorrow morning, though, uh, so mm-hmm. I'm not up all night since they are focused on, uh, they start late Eastern time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so Critical Role, which is on the Geek and Sundry channel, uh, which there's also a Critical Role channel now. I don't know what they're going to do with that uh, long term. Um, I know they've got a couple other shows which don't sound necessarily, well, actually let's say it doesn't sound, you know, campaign related, which it's not, but uh, I know they just, recently announced they're going to be doing a show on the Critical Role channel that focuses on uh, rules and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of discussing like mechanics. Like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know, things that uh, smaller uh, bite-size rule discussions, you know. Talk about yeah. one rule in particular and that's it. instead of just throwing the whole book at someone. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure how much, like, I know there's always that one guy behind the scenes, you know, he always comes at the end of the show and is like, Hey, thanks for watching, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I could always tell those guys could do their own thing. Uh, I felt like, I always felt like they were part of the geek and sundry channel as in the geek and sundry channel or the channel that gave them like a, ch- a shot. Or they, and or they help do the production. And I mean, I, I have yeah, I've seen videos of Geek and Sundry where they're doing stuff with them. Mm-hmm. But I've said this before, like I do not care about the Geek and Sundry stuff at all. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm sorry, guys and gals, of that thing. None of your content really speaks to me. It's a little bit too try hard geeky for my for my taste sure i come to you i come to your place because i want to see the critical role team mm. so those guys branching off and making their own thing yeah they can yeah. totally do that they're strong enough to do that i think it i think it might be that geek and sundry has so much programming now that a second channel and breaking off critical role even if it's just a subsection of what they're doing and not the main campaign uh breaking them off is gonna open up some or give more airtime for other stuff because uh, they have yeah. tons of stuff. Yeah. The one mm-hmm. thing, and I don't watch a lot of Geek and Sundry either outside of Critical Role, the one show I would recommend watching uh, is Spell Slingers, um, okay. which is a uh, Magic the Gathering uh, show. Uh, and right. the only the only reason I recommend this is because Day 9 is the one that plays as part of Geek and Sundry. He's not 
with them. He just does that show. I don't know what their actual yeah. relationship is, but Day Nine's his own thing. He was a StarCraft Two commentator and player, or he was a StarCraft player, StarCraft commentator, StarCraft Two commentator. Mm-hmm. He's Shoutcaster or whatever. Yeah, he is one of the funniest and all around good people you will see on the internet. Um, He's very authentic in everything he does and he is hilarious. Um, And spell what I love about the critical role intermission now is I've started instead of skipping all the way through it. I hover over and look for day nine in it because I know that's spell slingers (laughs) and what they show in the middle. It's not just an advertisement for it, you know, like they do it's outtakes. So I will skip in the interlude to these outtakes and just die laughing for 10 minutes until mm-hmm. I get back to the show. Um, and yeah. it's totally worth the, the delay. Um, All right. But All yeah, that's... I'll, I'll, I'll take your recommendation. Yeah. I don't watch a whole lot of Day9 on his channel right now, um, mainly because he's been like doing Dota stuff and I'm not really into Dota. Uh, I will occasionally watch him play some other games, which like every Friday... I think it is he just plays some random game all day long. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of almost his day off, you know, from his yeah. Dota stuff, from his StarCraft stuff, whatever game. He, he does a lot of teaching um, or learning even. I think he, right now he's learning Dota is what his thing is. I don't know if he's teaching. I think he's learning because it's like learning Dota from some pro or something. Uh, Shit, with the money that you can win in Dota, I don't doubt it. <laughs> I don't think he's going to compete in it. I think he's just learning to play. Um, oh, well, he, yeah. He hasn't competed in a while. He actually runs uh, our helps run. I know he started, he founded it, uh, but there's an After Hours Gaming League, which is a StarCraft two tournament for people that work day jobs and literally play at night, you know, for this tournament uh, type thing, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. Uh, he does things like that, though. You know, he's much more of an organizer, commentator type person than player these days, though he still mm-hmm. retains his, you know, high masters, grandmasters level play in StarCraft, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess this is also a mini shout out to Day9 then as well. Yeah, he was actually <laughs> on my list too. Um, that's kind of why oh, I just okay. went well, ahead and talked about him some more. But yeah, nice. on Geek and Sundry, I recommend watching Spell Slingers. I like Magic as a game. I don't care about watching Magic. But that show, I love it because they have a random guest uh, every week, you know, and they're not part, not always part of the Geek and Sundry show. It'll be like mm-hmm. some random actor or uh, YouTuber or, you know, someone semi-famous to famous uh, who may or may not have ever played the game before. And they go one-on-one against Day 9. Cool. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> I didn't even talk about the rest of the people in my group. I just talked about Critical Role and Geek and Sundry. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> real, and this is kind of why I was lumping them together, so that wouldn't happen. Shame on me. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, uh, I talked about this before, but it, me, JP, um, he is another one. He, he was a commentator, I think. By the time I found uh, JP... He was no longer doing that. He was just doing stuff on the side, uh, talk show type things. Um, but what really got me watching him was 
his D&D thing he started, uh, Roleplay Solemn, which another Twitch streamer by the name of Koibu, uh, K-O-I-B-U, was the DM for. And it was a very engaging, very good uh, D&D game. Um, so that's the main reason I watched, I started watching MJP, and because that took off like it did, he has gone through several different D&D shows and, uh, series and not just D&D, but like, uh, I don't know, Pathfinder, but other systems like, uh, there's one that's based in space. There's a couple based in space. Uh, I'm totally blanking on what the system's names are. But they've gone through, they'll do one-shots with systems, just try them out. Uh, and some of those have turned into series, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think right now he has three three different D&D things that go on on his channel. Um, Koibu is doing his own thing now. He has his own shows. He has like three or four he runs individually. Uh, mm-hmm. The DM on... Uh, JP's channel. He has a couple of different ones, but the main one is Adam uh, Koble. Um, he his Twitter handle is something unrelated to his actual name, um, but I think his YouTube is Adam Koble, and I think his okay. Twitch is Adam Koble. Um, which I don't know what he does on his own channel. I think he does some behind the scenes stuff and uh, whatnot. They have a Patreon as well, which I'm not a part of, so I don't know what all content they have there. But just from a Twitch and a uh, YouTube perspective, uh, those shows go on both platforms. Uh, Twitch gets it first, of course, live streamed and then the VOD there, and then it's uploaded to YouTube. Uh, like I said, Koibu, he's doing his own thing. Uh, his latest show, Assassins, was actually shown on the main D&D channel. Oh, wow. Uh, so I don't, and I have mixed feelings about the main D&D channel. Some shows I like, some I don't. Um, so I don't watch a lot of the main channel, but every once in a while I'll tune in just if I want that D&D fix, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. there are so many good D&D streams now and channels to watch these on. Uh, there are a lot of bad ones too, but there are so many good ones now. It's so nice to be able to go, okay, I want to watch D&D. Let me go check my, you know, favorites. They have hundreds of hours of content I haven't gone through still. And then if I want something fresh, I can go look. Um, yeah. So yeah, huge shout out to the D and D, uh, streaming community there. Cool. Uh, another solo dolo, uh, Twitch content of mine is, uh, Chris. I subscribed to him. No, <laughs> I just, <laughs> uh, yes, me that's how we, that's how we plug right there. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, uh, yeah. So, so Michael is a uh, four-month subscriber to my channel. He subscribed the first month, and I've gifted him the other three. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and again, I, 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 it, Twitch is just not my content creator mm-hmm. uh, venue. As as Chris said, he likes to check out stuff live as it happens. Me, all of mine comes through YouTube, so my list is very, very small. Uh, the only other one that I can really name off, and I, I, I can't really say a name because I don't know the person who created it, but... If you haven't checked out Salty Bet, mm-hmm. you need to go check out Salty Bet. <laughs> if you're a mediocre at a just glance and move on fighting game uh, 
person uh, fan this is up your alley you just don't know it this is an unlocked treasure that you don't know i will say as a forewarning you're gonna see a lot of anime characters and that may be that may throw you off if either one you're not into anime or two there are just so many anime characters you just don't recognize i get that but you're gonna have some good matches when the exhibitions come around when the tournaments come around and you see all the different character mashups it, it, this it's it's my football it's it's another one of my footballs out there it's watching and it's all random there's no player input aside from us betting uh with fake money but yeah that's really about it for my twitch i would have to go look and see if i even have any other subscribers and i think if i do then i either have stopped watching them or they're not even worth mentioning but uh sure uh, so to Chris, uh, Chris, the Twitch portion is, is yours <laughs> until we move on. All right. Um, man, I just go through my list earlier and I was like, I don't even, I don't even know who to talk about. There's so many. Um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I grouped them too, because the, I have so like, I'm looking through my, uh, channels I'm following. They're just live now. And there's like six, actually more like uh i keep scrolling there keep there's more there's probably like 10 people (laughs) i'm following right now live that are part Mm -hmm. of the gta 5 roleplay community um wow late at night like this there's so many to watch uh and that's why it's so good um yeah but an individual i watch um i started watching him a while back kind of died off i'm not any particular reason i just wasn't interested in what he was playing at the time uh and i've talked about a lot lately but that's co-carnage um he is a variety streamer, uh, and his his big thing is not necessarily family-friendly streams, but safer-work streams. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a very chill guy. Um, his whole thing is, you know, good vibes and uh, positive things. Um, yeah. He's also entertaining as a streamer. Um Sometimes he goes a little overboard with the soundboard, but he acknowledges that. <laughs> Not that it's helped. Uh, I remember watching him a few months ago. I tuned in for something in particular I wanted to see. And he made a comment about, yeah, I'm trying not to use the soundboard as much. And I know a lot of people don't like it. And uh, I'm essentially, you know, cutting it out almost completely. And then I started watching again like two weeks ago. And it's nothing has slowed down. <laughs> so I guess he uh, ended up realizing it was okay but it's not in a bad way um i say it more jokingly than anything uh yeah but he he's another hey, one he those, enjoys what he enjoys you know yeah and he's another one of those streamers that uh similar to day nine he's just a uh fun person to watch you know um yeah there are people that they their personality great on you a little bit um which is always rough you don't want to watch someone like that uh, so when you find someone that's consistently uh, good to watch, you know, whether mm-hmm. that's like day mm-hmm. nine and he's just such a good person at his core that he's always going to be, you know, fun to watch uh, or, you know, entertaining, whatever your quantifiers are. It's always nice to find someone like that. And for me, that's kind of what Co is. Um, he's someone you can always expect to be a solid streamer, uh, give solid content. And he is all about um, making sure the quality of his stream is the best he can make it. Uh, not yeah. like visual quality, but production quality, uh, his personality quality. Uh, he made yeah. a comment yeah. the other day about, you know, 
you guys can tell when I'm not having fun with a game before I even can. He says, and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to play a game, you know, I'm not enjoying and stuff because then you guys right. suffer. And, you know, he focuses yeah. on that audience portion uh, more than just about anything. Uh, really good, man. Really good. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, variety streamer. Um, he's, he played, I think he's done, he finished Graveyard Keeper recently. That's where I watched Yakuza Kwame too, and he's been playing that, so I haven't watched since Tuesday. Uh, cause I don't want any more spoilers, but if you don't care about spoilers, it'd be a good stream to go watch it in. Um, God, it's so hard to think about who to mention on, uh, choice. There's so many, um, yeah. there, oh, one of the other ones I, I knew I was forgetting to write someone down after I thought about it, uh, kind of part of the same kind of community. Uh, as it me JP and Co Carnage is Ezekiel the third. Um, his name's like Ezekiel underscore I I I. He is a he's a comedian, just straight up. Um, I think he's <laughs> actually done stand up comedy before, but his stream is it is some of the. Uh, whereas Co is you know say for work type streamer, Zeke is not. Um, he holds nothing back, uh, but he's still, you know, a good guy and entertaining uh, to watch. He doesn't go overboard with it. He's not, you know, so crude that he's unwatchable. There are those out there, too. Um, mm-hmm. He is also one of the three, uh, Co-Carnage, Zeke, and JP. They do a show called Drop Frames every week uh, where they talk about Twitch-related stuff and video game related stuff. Um, they do like E3 coverage and, you know, stuff like that on their show, uh, and actually do, you know, broadcast during it, uh, when it's going on, but the drop frames is every week. Um, Zeke has also participated in the, uh, D and D stuff they do on JP's channel, uh, more than once. Um, I think he's become a mainstay, but he plays a lot of indie games. So you will see him play games that you've never heard of and probably will not hear anyone else talk about ever. Hmm. Um, Cause he will literally just go through the indie section on steam and go, all right, let's try this one, you know, or he'll be like, all right, viewers, what indie game should I try next? He does like indie Sundays uh, and stuff where he'll just play nothing in indie games. At least, you know, 30 minutes to an hour hour each, depending if he has tons of fun, he may just keep playing it, you know? Uh, Yeah. He's a good, solid uh, streamer to watch. Um, But yeah, like I said, the main thing about him is he's essentially a comedian, just straight up. You know, uh, I think he's talked about how hard it is uh, to actually, you know, have a stand-up career. But if it, yeah, he he could certainly do it if he had the, uh, the opportunity to, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with them being on Twitch. That way I can enjoy it. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, the speedrunning community on Twitch. There are a lot of speedrunners. Um, I watch, uh, like Caleb part 42. He's a, he does several games. He's mo- he, the main two games he's known for are Mega Man's and, uh, Final Fantasy seven. Uh, mm-hmm. and I 
started watching him purely for the Final Fantasy VII runs. Um, he's one of the streamers. I think I found him because he typically streams late at night, and I was working late. I was working nights at the time, and I just needed something to watch. And I was like, oh, hey, Final yeah. Fantasy VII? Cool. It's a speed run? Okay. Even cooler. Um, yeah, so I watched him. Uh, uh, Big John, which is twi- his uh, Twitch name is uh, GameJ06. He does a lot of Mario and Sonic, uh, a lot of old school games. Uh, and there's just a whole speedrun community. You know, pick your game. You're going to find a streamer for it. Uh, I think that's it for Twitch. I think I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, the, the the biggest takeaway for me of all this is that main reason why people really hang around Twitch subscribers uh, or uh, Twitch streamers and content creators is because, yeah, I mean, there's it's live. Mm-hmm. That's such a it is such a understated but very fucking awesome thing about Twitch is that there are people who are doing this stuff right now live. You can watch them, participate with them. You can. Uh, you can just watch, you can participate in chat, you can, uh, subscribe and get money and have benefits, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it is a cool thing. And, uh, for the live people out there, it's right up your alley. And thanks for the follow. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I just I saw that email. <laughs> give you my <laughs> I thought you were already following me, but that's cool. Yeah, I thought I was too until so I looked at my followers and saw uh, Light Gear. That's L I T E Gear. That's the uh, Burning the Men I Oil gentleman. And I did not see you. I said, well, wait a minute. What the hell? I was like, motherfucker, I know I'm following Salty Bet. Why is Salty Bet not on here? What are you doing with me, Twitch? Come on, man. <laughs> so, YouTube creators, this is the bulk of mine. Uh, and I have, I did account. Uh, I want to say a few months back and I had like 70 something subscribers or something channels I'm subscribed to. Um, I did go through and edit a lot of those out because again, either one, they don't create content anymore or I just kind of grew out of them. I tried to think of some honorable mentions of ones that I used to subscribe to that I don't anymore. Uh, an example is, uh, Kedicarus or Kedicarus. He is a, I want to say he was an Australian. He was either Australian or British. Oh, God. How fucked up is that? I don't know which of the two it was. But either way, he had a. I was subscribed to his channel for almost a year, year and a half. And uh, I just kind of, you know, just the content wasn't there for me anymore. And I just kind of, I kind of went on my way. And there's, a, there's just a handful of other ones that, you know, they, they've just come and gone for various reasons. One of the biggest ones on here that I am not subscribed to anymore, uh, I figured I'd just go ahead and get this out of the way right now, is Game Grumps. Uh, this is a big one because even my, even my best friend to this day is still subscribed to Game Grumps and he loves them. And do not misunderstand, I loved them too, but I'm one of those weird people, man. I don't like change and I don't like, uh, I don't like, I don't know. I don't like the dynamic that Aaron and Danny have. And it's not a hatred thing against them. It's just 
I missed. The, I'm sorry, folks. I know y'all are throwing fucking shit at the screen right now. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? What does it matter? I just prefer the old days, man. I I have been going through the old school uh, John and Aaron Game Grumps videos. Just you know, that's the reason why I have them. I just wanted to go back through them and relive those old times from years ago. And I love their dynamic. I've always loved game grumps when john was there and it was john john tron and aaron hansen uh ego raptor uh i watched the game grumps with aaron and danny for a long time a couple years two or three years but i just i just i wish i could put it in i don't have enough time to put it in enough words they just they they're not the same and the dynamic is not the same and danny is not the same as john uh it's just i just grew out of them I grew up. They were not. They were not the of the one of the first of one of the first YouTube channels I ever subscribed to. They they just didn't hold out for me in the long run. So I wish them all the best, man. I hope uh, they're doing good. I know they were still going onward with uh, more Game Grumps shows and more games to play and the Star Bomb and all this other stuff. But uh, yeah, I unsubscribed to them a little. It's, it's like I'm making such a big deal about unsubscribing to somebody, but you have to understand, man. I watched them guys for years, uh, years and years and years, mm-hmm. religiously, and they put out. They used to put out like three or four videos a day. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I just want to and give a uh, farewell shout out to those guys. <laughs> uh, most of my content. Uh, creators on youtube or game related i do have some that are either not or a mix uh for example wisecrack is a uh mostly movie analysis i think they actually have a uh they have a podcast as well which i just started listening to which makes the second movie podcast i listen to the first being cinema sins uh, very good, almost philosophical level breakdown of movies sometimes, and even some games and pop culture things. Uh, the film theorist, same thing. If you like game theory, this is the, this is that, but about movies. And, you know, they put some pretty good content out there. Um, Razor Fist actually is a content creator that I started watching because of video games, but now he has a fair mix of video game content and uh, pretty much political content. Uh, I watch it all. I loosely follow the political stuff he rambles on about, but when he tears into video games or bad companies or whatever, or even when he you know likes video games, there it's good content. Uh, the black and white rock and roll metal motif has always always been up my alley, and I've been a big fan of that for years. I just mentioned him right now because he's kind of a mix. It's not just video games anymore. Uh, Red Letter Media, come on, folks! If you don't know who Red Letter Media is, you got to give it the program. Uh, Half in the bag stuff is where I started. Uh, they have so much more beyond that, and yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. Still have been. Uh, who else, who else on here is not gaming related? Sorry, Chris, just pop it through my list real quick. Uh, oh, Comic Pop. Perfect. I have been with Comic Pop since they started. They used to be, uh, oh lord, I actually, it's been so long now, I've forgotten the original, uh, name of who Comic Pop used to be. Uh, Little, was it Little House Media? Comic Pop. Now I gotta look it up because now I feel bad. (laughs) 
there was like something, something house, little house, TV little house, something like that. Anyway, uh, they are now called Comic Pop. They rebanded a, a year or so ago. This is for people that are loosely into comic books and you'd like to learn more. They want one of their flagship shows. They have several. Uh, they have one that's, uh, uh, hat. I almost said half in the bag. The main one that I that I that I go to Comic Pop for is back issues. They are anywhere from forty five minutes to an hour a piece, but they basically take entire comic arcs. And the 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 catch of the show is it's one guy who is very very well versed on comics, explaining large comic arcs in detail to two guys who didn't grow up with it and are not that familiar with it. So. And they've got, I don't know, over a hundred of these back issues by now. And it's a lot. It's a lot of good content. If you want to have, you know, the Age of Ultron explained to you, if you'd like to have or told, it's almost like a storytelling in a way. If you want to have the Dark Knight series uh, uh, told, et cetera, et cetera. If you ever wanted to learn about, you know, the scroll or stuff like that. Uh, it's a lot of good detail, a lot of good information. I have been with those guys since I think I was like their 70th subscriber or something like that. Uh, good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Last but not least for the non gaming related stuff, cinema sins. Uh, this is uh, the everything wrong with series is what cooked mm-hmm. me to these guys. They're they great. go through movies. Yeah. Uh, they go through movies. They literally analyze a movie down to the detail and point out blatant, obvious mistakes, oversights. Uh, there's no way this can work because of this, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds kind of nerdyish and bookyish, but it is very entertaining to hear them. It just, it's, it's, it's entertaining. And again, I'd also suggest if you're into movie stuff, they have a Cinema Sins podcast, several episodes up at this point. The biggest takeaway from their podcast for me is that I believe almost all of them in that podcast either do or have used to or, or used to work at a movie theater of some sort. And the stories they have is, oh, it's great. So that's it for my non YouTube gaming creator or uh, YouTube uh, content creators. Do you have any, Chris? Um, I also subscribe to Cinema Sense. I haven't watched them in a while. Um, mm-hmm. There's also, let me double check that this is the right channel. Yeah, uh, Bat in the Sun. Uh, they do a lot of versus battles, kind of like. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, screw attack. Uh, death, death battle. Death battle yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thank you for. I got to mention them. I okay. This is this is a weird thing about YouTube. I'm sorry to sorry to cut you <laughs> off again, Chris. But this, there are other YouTube content creators out there that I have to just search for and kind of watch their episodes in bulk over time because and death battle is a prime example. I can't subscribe to death battle because death battle puts out, uh, I mean, uh, I, it, they're under screw attack. Mm-hmm. So I had to subscribe to screw attack. Well, screw attack has 15, 20 other shows they produce. And I don't watch all yeah. the other shows. I really only watch Death Battle. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sucky how that works, but yeah. I only have a couple of them. Death Battle is one of them where I do watch them. I watch 
every death battle and every death battle exhibition, but I don't subscribe to them because I don't want to see the 40 other notifications in my, in my subscription feed. Yeah. Um, bat in the sun is similar. Uh, their show is called superpower beatdown. Uh, I think is what they're calling it. Uh, just looking at like what their latest ones were. They did winter soldier versus Nightwing, uh, and Joker versus, uh, Negan from The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. Boba Fett versus Star Lord. Um, they have a couple other series like The Waiting Room, which is essentially like the uh, the old Beetlejuice thing, where they're you know sitting in the waiting room and it's a, essentially a short skit, um, mm-hmm. roughly two to six minutes it seems like. Uh, uh, let's see. Now, it's kind of curious how many people I was actually subscribed to because YouTube used to be my main thing. Um, yeah. And I have 123 channels I'm subscribed to on YouTube, uh, which is pretty good amount. So I was like, how many do I have on Twitch? I have 232 on Twitch that I'm following. Wow. Uh, so I've got quite a bit of things. But some people, I need to go through it because some of them probably don't even stream anymore uh, yeah. just to clean it up. Yeah. But I don't I don't mind. Um Let's see. Uh, college humor. Um, I haven't watched them in a while, but mm-hmm. they produce some really good stuff. Uh, Jake and Amir, which they're off doing their own thing. Now. I don't think they're affiliated with college humor anymore. But that's one of my yeah. favorite series on there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Crash Course. This is... So there's a channel called Vlog Brothers. Um, I'm not familiar if you've ever... I'm not. I don't know if you're familiar with the Nerdfighter community or anything. Uh, it's pretty old at this point, uh, mm. but that was based around Vlog Brothers uh, in the early days of YouTube. Uh, and Crash Course is one of the offshoots they did, and it's a educational channel um, where they did different series going to different subjects. You know, science, history, uh, other aspects of social studies. But they did, you know, educational videos focusing on like one time period or something or, you know, I didn't watch the science one much. Uh, I mainly watched the history one, uh, but it was just interesting to watch, you know, because it's one of the things where I'm sort of interested in history a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's neat to, you know, watch and see, do I know any of this stuff? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Do I remember any of it? Uh, let's see. And I know like a third of my uh, YouTube channels I'm subscribed to are also Twitch streamers, and I'm following yeah. them on both. Uh, let's see. Not game-related uh, D&D stuff, but that's all pretty much people I talked about already. Uh, yeah. Uh, the slow-mo guy, uh, guys. Um that's a huge channel. Um, and I just actually got caught up on them today where they oftentimes blow stuff up and record in slow motion. Always fun to watch. I think that's it for my non-gaming related. Gotcha. Well then, I guess I'm going to move on to the gaming stuff. This is the the bulk of my content creators and definitely the bulk of my YouTube channels. Uh, I, I just mentally decided I'm just going to kind of rapid fire up the list about four or five of these at a time. Um, 
and just this is mainly just shout outs guys this is uh youtube for me is my tv you know i'm sure that there um, lots of people come home from a day's work they flip the tv on that's what it used to be back in the past I was flicking the, the, the cable on to the satellite these days it's usually netflix uh or some type of streaming service like that. We don't have that in, in our house because we just there's just nothing on there we really care about. So when I come home and I'm watching TV while I'm playing games, it's YouTube channels. It's YouTube channels I'm subscribed to and watching on the the content that they that they've made. Uh, and this is no particular order because I'm just reading off kind of the way the and just going up the list of the subscribers I have. So. Uh, I already talked about Rageaholic. Again, he's a good guy, good stuff. Uh, the D-Pad. This is one I've subscribed to over the past, uh, recently, about the past year. These guys are criminally undersubscribed, in my opinion. They put out really good quality content work. Uh, it's, they're, they're much like many, you know, up and coming YouTube people. They are, they, they like record in their house, but their audio quality is good. They have so many videos. The thing that twigged me on them originally was, uh, they have a Mega Man, like Mega channel, basically, or a playlist where excuse me they're going through every Mega Man game ever created and doing a let's play of every Mega Man game and it's anywhere from one person typically it's two to five people uh usually two or three uh is the typical that you'll find and uh, that's one kind of something I've noticed about YouTube subscribers the main ones that I hover around are ones that have a dynamic between at least two people uh, watching one person just let's play a game, not really my thing, but watching a couple people talk and banter back and forth or three or four. It's, I like that. Um, I mean, they're, they're meg, the mega let's play. That's just one of these mega things that they've done. They have a supersonic let's play where they're going through every Sonic game ever made and they're let's playing every one of them they have a dreamy let's play where they're playing every kirby game uh they have a let the legendary let's play they're playing every zelda game etc etc these guys have a lot of content uh good commentary good folks to to listen to and watch play um and again just the amount of content they have i'm looking at their subscribe page right now uh August 30th, 2018, 10,000 subscribers. This blows my mind because these guys have so much stuff out there. But uh, that's that's they're good people. Check them out. Uh, I enjoy them. The Completionist is another one. Uh, he's one I've been subscribed to for a long time. He's gone through a couple changes here and there, uh, most notably losing his, uh, his uh, co-host, uh, Greg Wilmot back in the day, but the completionist himself is the completionist, and I think he rocks everything on his own. Uh, long story short, the completionist is basically what his name is. He 100% every video game he plays, and he gives critical reviews of them as well, gives a uh, kind of a score, you know, what he thinks given the content of the game, should you play it or complete it or, or 100% it or steer clear of it, you know. Uh, good channel, long time subscriber to that guy. Super Derek RPGs. He's one that I've recent, recently subscribed to. Um, but I have watched his content off and on for, for years. Uh, 
he focuses mainly on RPGs, which is right up my alley. He gives a uh, very slow paced, but uh, very methodical reviews and detailed reviews of RPGs all across the board, all uh, generations, all platforms. It's good stuff. Uh, he definitely has some that are segmented into uh, particular ones that I like. Like I know he has an entire Sweet Coden section. It's only five or six movies, I believe, but I mean, it's it's good analysis type stuff. Uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf. Uh, I heard about this guy through Two Best Friends, and I've watched all of his content since then. Uh, he does a mix of anime and video game stuff. Uh, very critical analysis, uh, but very down to earth, uh, no nonsense, common sense reviews of things. Uh, critical analysis is what I take away from this guy. He, he, a lot of, a lot of deep thinking when it comes to this stuff and it's good, good content all around. Super bunny hop is another guy that I, uh, subscribe to because of two best friends, uh, or as we, as they know now as super best friends play same thing. He has a lot of critical analysis of, uh, video games, the, the, the industry as a whole, uh, and etc. Good content. Before I pass the mic over to Chris, the biggest, this is, uh, I really shouldn't mention this one right now, but fuck it. I didn't have an order and that's my fault. Uh, super best friends play. Uh, this is one of the first that I've ever subscribed to right alongside game grumps back in the day. I think 2009 or 10, somewhere around that time was when these guys started. Uh, the premise was it was two best friends that play video games. Uh, eventually they brought on, uh, Wooly and there was another co-host, uh, Liam, uh, the rising star rising superstar liam liam has since left on good terms he just he, he's done his own thing and just didn't have time to uh stay with the group anymore uh if you check the channel today it is matt and pat and wooly and i watch every single piece of content these guys do this is my number one youtube channel uh they have tons of let's play videos they have tons of games that they run through tons of series they have a podcast that if i am if i'm not mistaken is now 261 episodes strong and i listen to every single one of them um they have steered away from the gimmick that they started out with, which is two best friends that kind of argue and yada, yada, yada. You could tell in their early months of their show that they, they kind of ran with that gimmick. Now it's just three guys that, uh, that play games and, and, have lots of good content out there, man. Also, a little insider note, I believe all three of them have actually been in physically in the gaming industry in some way, shape, or form to the point of, I think all three of them were game testers. They may have all worked together in the same company or two now and again. Uh, so they do have a little bit of insider knowledge of, of, of things like that, but that's not even like that. I Just hearing these guys banter, the chemistry between them, uh, the things that they talk about hearing, hearing them play the games like, and watching them play games is, uh, it's, it's the most entertaining I've have. They have trumped out game grumps for me and that's definitely says something. So a uh, big shout out to these guys and everything they do. I will be watching these. I'll watch it. I'll, we will be watching them and listening to them as long as they're producing content. 
to the point of I know some uh, YouTube creators have have jumped ship to Amazon Prime or Amazon streaming. Uh, I have not followed any of them. That's including Classic Game Room. Uh, that's a channel I was subscribed to back in the day because he produced all his content on YouTube. Uh, Classic Game Room. Uh, his goal, his gimmick was, I say gimmick loosely, politely, but his gimmick was he was on a mission to play every single video game ever. And he gave, you know, five minute to 10 minute reviews on every game. He produced content daily. Well, he's went to Amazon and I just haven't followed him over there. Uh, wish him all the best. I hope good things going for him. But I'm telling you right now, if super best friend said, fuck YouTube, we're going somewhere else. I don't care if it's Vimeo. I'm following these guys because <laughs> they they are my go to. They are my main. They are my main slice of cake. So, uh, Chris, how about something from you, buddy? Yeah, um, I'm looking through my list, and it's so sad that I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that, and I'm like, I haven't watched them in years, or they don't have a number next to their thing <laughs> indicating any recent <laughs> videos. Um, there's one in particular. I'm there. It is uh, another non-gaming one related one. I completely forgot about and skimmed over on the list. Uh, is regular, ordinary Swedish meal time. Okay. Um, I have a friend I met through Final Fantasy XI who is Swedish, and mm-hmm. he told me I had to watch videos on this channel. They are great. Um, <laughs> think about. You know, like the cooking YouTube shows, uh, like, uh, at whatever. But just think about, you know, a cooking show, but imagine it being done by a Viking. Okay. That's, that's basically <laughs> the right. vibe you get from these guys. Like, they'll chop stuff with an axe, like a literal axe, <laughs> um, battle axe. And it's just, it's a, it's a, essentially a parody, but they are, and they have, you know, their gimmicks and stuff, but they're legitimately cooking something. But they make a mess while doing it. Uh, they, in the intro of the video, they say they're speaking in Swinglish because uh, it's mostly Got English, it. a little bit of Swedish mixed Got in, it. but yep. never enough to you know make you not understand the video. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Um, they've changed over time, you know, kind of their format somewhat. Um, but I think that was mainly just because like the per- the main person moved and stuff. Uh, I haven't watched them in a while. I need to see if they're actually uh, still updating. Wow. Can I, Two years. Can Can I interject another non-gaming one that you just made me think of? Sure. Uh, I have not. I have unsubscribed to them. For, I don't even know if they produce content, but that's okay because I've gotten, man, I've, I've bought merchandise from these guys. I watched all their videos back in the day. Me and my wife both did. Epic meal time mm-hmm. speaking of cooking shows this show i loved i could not get enough of this shit their gimmick was they take ingredients and make huge fucking gigantic meals out of all kind of shit like they've they've made like a, a gigantic hamburger a, a massive lasagna uh they've taken like a, a fast food from different places and put them in the same put them in the same container made like gigantic smorgasbords i'm i know i'm doing them a, a disservice because it's been so long since i've watched those guys but you it, hilarious 
Good stuff. I bought me and my wife both have matching uh bacon strips and bacon strips t-shirts. We we <laughs> love that show. If I can't hook you with this, nothing will. The funniest line for me, and trust me, they got content, so this might not be it for you, but the funniest line for me, there was an episode where they were doing a meat salad because they were like, fuck being a vegetarian. We we want meat salad. They were mm-hmm. using roast beef for lettuce. Uh, they were chopping up cubed ham for croutons and so on and so forth. The episode <laughs> starts out with uh, Harley throwing down the meat stuff on the counter and he goes caesar's a bitch you know how i know they named a salad after him i was like (laughs) i am sold i am sold that wasn't the first thing i ever heard by them either but that's that's just an example of their they're very intense with the cooking and the making of the stuff and their formula works so uh yeah i just want to shout out my little cooking thing for those guys yeah, and it looks like uh, regular ordinary Swedish Mealtime hasn't uploaded a video in two years now, which is sad. But Dang. I think they kind of go through stints like that where they don't upload for a while, and then they do. And I don't know. Um, hey, it's a great thing about YouTube being where it is, man. You tell people that this is a good show, they can click on YouTube right now and search for it. There's your content. Go watch. Go see that Chris is not lying to you, buddy. Let's see. Um yeah, gaming related. Um, a lot of the ones I have, I have a lot of uh, rooster teeth related mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I will individually uh, shout out Achievement Hunter. Because um, even though I'm talking about this on YouTube, I actually watch it on the the website, the rooster teeth website. Um, you know, you can filter by Achievement Hunter, so that's just what I do. And I watch all their yeah. stuff. Uh, there are other stuff Rooster Teeth does that I like, um, but Chima Hunter is my main jam. Um, that's my go-to every day. You know, they release a video around 11 my time. So whatever I'm watching, I'll, you know, if there's something I'm really interested in on uh, Twitch, I'll watch it until I'm bored with it or they go offline. Uh, but more times than not, I'll just pause or mute whatever I'm watching on Twitch and go refresh the page and watch the latest uh, Chima Hunter video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have subscriptions to on Twitch and YouTube uh, to uh, several of just the Achievement Hunter team. Uh, most of them have an individual channel on either platform. Um, Rooster Teeth, of course, they have their Red versus Blue. It's a classic. Um, of course, with anything you get into, like they're on the 13th season now. Yeah. It it starts to get to be a bit much um, and it kind of it's I don't know it's I don't want to say that it's stale because I don't think that's the right word but it's not as engaging as it used to be yeah and it's you know it's hard to do one liners for a decade and a half yeah yeah I feel you, man. I don't. I wouldn't say that they were. I was subscribed to them, but they were definitely a YouTube channel that I found back in the day and was like, "Oh, this shit's great!" Fucking Halo videos, and of course, Chris, this is back in our prime time Halo days too. So, yeah. I mean, we found it them was before about, YouTube was a thing. Yeah, this is yeah, their website. So, yeah. So, but yeah, I'm the same way, man. After about the around about the th- fourth, third, fourth, or fifth season, it was like. Yeah, it's 
Eh. So, yeah, still good stuff, though. Yeah, some seasons are better than others. Um, there was a lull around that point. Uh, some of the later ones were pretty good. Um, I haven't watched the latest one, maybe one and a half so far. Um, but I kind of wanted to wait till the end of a season and just watch all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of those I want to do that on. Uh, let's see who's not part of them. Um, I have a lot of esports related stuff. Um, whether it's actual leagues, um, like I was talking about day nines, uh, after hours gaming league is on YouTube. Uh, there's a channel dedicated mm-hmm. to that. Uh, he also streams it on his channel on Twitch. Um, I had like, uh, God, what is it? Not ESL. Uh, though that's, uh, I had MLG I'm following, uh, cause I was watching stuff on there. Uh, but most of that is all on Twitch now. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of things that kind of lumped together somewhat or not lumped together. Yeah. I have a lot of members of other channels, you know, um, yeah. Starcraft two players that I just followed back in the day are subscribed to on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of esports related stuff. Um, I think the other big thing for me on YouTube, and this is something that I think I actually prefer watching on YouTube, uh, but it is Minecraft. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Minecraft on YouTube is huge. Minecraft on Twitch is huge. Um, that's just a insane, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but uh, one of the big channels I follow along with is actually uh, Yogg's Cast. Uh, they play other games too, but uh, they have a very comedy-based uh, way of playing Minecraft. Uh, there are typically at least three of them playing at once. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. they have upwards of six people playing, I think. Um, and they have sub-channels too, where it's like two of them together... Uh, let's see, it's, uh, there's one I saw at the top of my list, I thought. Uh, but like Duncan has his own channel and whatnot. I think the main one though, I don't know that there's actually, I don't know there's actually a main Yogscast channel. Um, I'd have to actually look, but like the main one is, uh, or main couple is like Yogscast, Lewis and Simon, um, and then... Yogg's cast, uh, Nilesy, uh, and it's kind of odd, actually, if you think about the way they've done it, um, because it's divided up into these sub-channels, um, but they all are often play together on these series, uh, like, I think all of their Minecraft series are on the, uh, Lewis and Simon channel mainly, and that Mm -hmm. includes... A lot of others. Um, yeah, I say that now. I can't find the uh, any of their playlists. Yeah, <laughs> they're very confusing. Work, I just kind of watch them on Twitch now, every now and then. Uh, but trying to figure out where their stuff is on YouTube is a little confusing at times. But yeah. despite that, they are very amusing to watch. Uh, like they have their Galacticraft uh, Minecraft playthrough. It's a mod where, as it sounds, you go to space and stuff. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I uh, really was introduced into the modded Minecraft was Yogg's cast uh, videos. Ah, yeah, yeah. I've heard I've heard the name Yogg's cast all mm-hmm. over the place. So I'm just gonna assume that they got some good content yeah. out there. Yeah, they're huge across the pond. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. I mean, there are some other. Uh, Minecraft channels. Uh, I don't even think I watch any of them anymore. But I did back <laughs> in the day. Um, there were God, there's so much stuff. Um, like I have other Achievement Hunter family channels. Like Funhouse is now part of them. Uh, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't subscribe. I don't subscribe to uh, Screw Attack on YouTube. Um, but I do sometimes watch. Funhouse on YouTube. I don't think they actually do a lot of live streaming uh, on Twitch. They do live streaming on YouTube, and they have actually a uh, essentially twenty four seven stream of old stuff on there. I haven't watched it much. I think I tuned in a couple times, but I, I think I'd rather just go to watch the videos at that point because they're just showing reruns, so it's no different than me loading up a video, except right. I have no control over what's playing. You know, mm-hmm. so it's. It's an interesting concept of having that always on because you kind of get, first off, you get bumped to the top of the list because you're live on the subscribers list. <clears throat> but I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. I think that's about it for me for YouTube. Worth mentioning. Well, then I got my work cut out for me because I got 62 more to go. No, I'm just, right. kidding, just kidding. All right, let's go some more rapid fire from from Michael. Let's see if he can do it. All right, some call me Johnny, another channel I found a, a couple years ago. He, this guy has definitely improved. This is a this guy is a case study of has come into his own. Uh, I was back with him when he kind of around the time when he first started. I've much like half of the subscribers on here. I couldn't even tell you how I found this guy. I think I was asking for YouTube recommendations and this guy recommend got recommended. Glad I did. Uh, the, if you go back and watch his early stuff compared to now, the format is still the same. I mean, this is a guy that just talks to the camera and, and reviews videos, but he's found his own voice. Now it's definitely a different Johnny compared to what it used to be a lot of games that i'm interested in he reviews uh he does series stuff like that too uh just good just good content just good review good commentary pro jared um uh, pretty sure people have heard of this guy same thing with uh mm-hmm. I'll, I'll lump these two together and peanut butter gamer uh they are definitely not the same person but they are they have some of the similarities uh both of them do reviews of video games. The main thing that I have taken away from Pro Jared recently, and I know this kind of sucks because it's only an annual thing, but he uh, has a series called D&D Simber, uh, Dungeons and Dragons December. And he, t- he, I think, I think he's only done it for a couple years now. Uh, he, he just go- either goes through the rule book sometimes and explains you know, kind of some rule stuff to people that try to that are trying to get into D and D, or he tells stories about him uh, DMing and you know some or playing and some fun stories. Uh, but he he also has other video. He, he predominantly his channel is video game related. Got a lot of great YouTube reviews out there. 
Same thing with Peanut Butter Gamer Man. He's he's a he's a video game reviewer. But the funny thing about him, he puts a hilarity spin on all of his stuff. He's a little wacky, a little zany. Very funny content creator, uh, game reviewer. Oh, part of the normal Boots Brigade, and uh, yeah, I like the guy, Matthew Matosis. Uh, another game reviewer. You're going to see a trend. A lot of these are uh, just game reviewers. Uh, same thing with the guy right above him and the guy right above him, too. Holy shit, there's four of these in a the row. Uh, I can shout them out all at the same time. Matthew Matosis, King K, High Level Reviews, and Hellfire RPGs. All four of these, they are all different in their own nature. I'm, I'm just lumping them together because that's predominantly what you'll get from them. Uh, just critical analysis, or analysis of games, game series, uh, the industry as a whole, all that stuff. Uh, I think King K was one of the newest ones that I found. Uh, he did, uh, probably about an hour, hour and 20 minute analysis of Breath of the Wild and definitely liked the content he put out and went around and found his other videos and I'm subscribed to him now. A lot of, a lot of good review stuff. Uh, I think he's done some Sonic videos as well. Uh, high level reviews and Hellfire RPGs. They, uh, I think they do a lot of RPG stuff. So that's kind of what takes me to them. Uh, Matthew Matosis does kind of a good mix of games, just games, game review stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Giant Bomb. I can't believe how criminally late I came to the show when it comes to Giant Bomb. I think these guys have been doing shit for 10 years now, over a decade. Uh, their podcast is about like 560 or 570 episodes long. And they started that a little bit, a couple years after their uh, show started. So you guys do the math. They've been around here for a long time. The fact that they only have 237,000 subscribers, that's crazy to me. Because right above them, I see the gaming historian who has six, who has 468,000 subscribers. Holy shit. Um, Giant Bomb is a big name in the gaming world, man. If you don't know who Giant Bomb is, I don't know how, uh, there, I could, well, no, I do, because even I didn't know. I didn't know until I knew. And I have subsequently had to go back and, and listen to their podcast. I think I'm like 60% through. <laughs> That's a lot of shit. Cause they, they're the first ones that I saw that, yo, oh, oh, podcasts are like three hours long, huh? That's okay. Oh, okay. Cool. That's normal. So if you talk about us having a long podcast, you can blame Giant Bomb. They're the first one I saw that said, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> uh, they also have a lot of other channel stuff they do. They have uh, Let's Plays. They do uh, quick looks where they do, they'll pick up a game and play it for, you know, half an hour to an hour and give you an analysis of what's going on. Uh, they're fairly, they're pretty new on the game content. You know, a new game comes out, they've got a quick look up, you know, a couple days in advance. And again, like I said, they have the podcast, so good material. A gaming historian, way different than Giant Bomb. Uh, as the name implies, he goes through a lot, he goes through in-depth analysis of history of different aspects of gaming. Uh, he'll look at peripherals, he'll look at game companies, he'll look at game consoles, etc., etc. And uh, I've been with this guy for a long time as well. 
uh, really good analysis of of the history of of video game stuff. It really he really pays tribute to his own name, the gaming historian. Uh, Easy Allies. These guys I've talked about on this podcast several times. Uh, they used to be uh, game trailers. Game trailers went defunct uh, about three years ago, two or three years ago. And these guys got together and said, "Hey, uh, that company may be dead, but we still want to do stuff." So they. Uh, in the garage of one of the creators, the original, uh, creators, they produce a plethora of different shows and podcasts and reviews and all kind of stuff. Uh, my hat is off to these guys for not giving up. They are, they're passionate about the industry. Um, I originally even knew about Easy Allies through one of their uh, lead guys as Kyle Bossman. Uh, I will tell you, if you want a good uh, guy in a suit giving critical analysis and waving the finger at the gaming industry, go watch uh, the Kyle Bossman show back in the game trailer days. I'm sure those episodes are still up. But uh, you don't just get Kyle Bossman when you subscribe to Easy Allies. You get all of those guys. They all have their own individual uh, personalities. They have their own takes on games and the industry as a whole, etc. They've been doing this all this. They've been in the in the gaming industry for a long time and uh, good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Did you know gaming? I don't think this is this is another one. It's not really just one guy. I think there is one guy that produced the show or created the idea, but they usually have different uh, guests come in. And it's just they go through games and they give you a bunch of facts that you may have never known about a game uh, or a series or a console, etc., etc. I've been with Did You Know Gaming since back in the day when they were picture format. <laughs> you know, they they do a YouTube channel now. And I think they went back to the picture format for a while. I think they do both. But I haven't seen the pictures in a long time it was just a picture of like the game or a, or a screenshot and they would give you a bunch of facts of hey did you know so uh it's good stuff uh continue is another one of the one of my original channels i've been with them since uh well they were one of my first youtube channel subscribes subscriptions three guys sitting on the couch they'll play games hilarity ensues uh, they're, they have good personalities. I like their, intera- I like their interactions with each other. Uh, this is one of the first channels that even got me into podcasts to begin with. And it wasn't even their podcast. It was, oh, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was the continue cast. I'm sorry. I, I'm trying. They, one of their co-hosts did a, him and another guy, another co-host did a offshoot show called, uh, fantasy fiction, another podcast. I suggest everyone of you check out and they sat down and wrote, uh, what it is. It said it's fantasy fiction. They would write, you know, about dragons and gnomes and clerics and stuff like that. But they wrote it in a hilarious manner. The stories that these guys created, hilarious uh but that was an offshoot that was a couple of the co-hosts uh the continue had a continue podcast uh they used to be kind of like a book club format the idea was they wanted you to sit down and play the game as you were listening to them and they would talk about the game they would review it give analysis of it they have uh two episodes for one game uh 
and they were the first podcast that I ever listened to. The first podcast I ever subscribed to religiously. It was this podcast and, uh, I want to say it was just this one. And maybe I was also in the fantasy fiction at that time, but they got me through a deployment, uh, bar none and uh they i even sent them uh, either a facebook message or something and i think nick got back to me i told him i was like man you guys are the reason why i'm even on a mic right now we are nowhere near as popular as you guys but i want y'all i wanted them to know like they they inspired me uh so the fact that you hear me and chris just talking on a mic right now for him for me is thanks to continue uh Klimps. Getting we're getting I think this is actually the last one. <laughs> uh, uh I don't even know what twigged me to this guy either. His stick was he has a he has a white t shirt and, and and yellow rubber gloves. That's his visual. But he just he reviews games and reviews series and uh he does it in a hilarious way and uh points out obvious flaws and stuff like that and gives critical analysis to things. I think recently he's done a good Kingdom Hearts analysis. That's uh, one of the games I've been trying to get back into and, and uh, get knowledge on. And he's kind of his video has helped me. But again, that twenty minute breakdown was the best thing ever. Uh, and yeah, that's that's it for my YouTube stuff, man. Again, this this stuff is this stuff is my TV, man. Every day when I get home, I'm I'm refreshing my YouTube screen and seeing what contents out there and. I would say binge watching, but this is damn near like me watching TV. <laughs> you know, this is damn near what people used to do back in the day. You know, they come home from work and they turn the TV on and swap the channel to 29 and watch whatever. That's the same thing I'm doing now. It's just I do it with YouTube. Um, I, I can tell you from my end, and I can speak for Chris as well, everybody we've mentioned, uh, if you guys, man, are you... I'd say go back in the episode. I guess I should have said it earlier, but get a pad and a pen out or something. Get a notepad pulled up on your screen or something and make a list because uh, these are all good YouTube content creators and Twitch content creators. And and at a minimum, they're worth a free subscription. They're worth you just tagging them and being like, hey, man, I checked you out. Uh, if even one of these that Chris has mentioned or one of these that I've mentioned are up your alley, uh, it'd be good. It'd be nice to know that, uh, these guys and gals are not going unnoticed. Um, I guess that's going to do it, Chris. You got any last mentioned or any ones you forgot or. Nah, I think that's, I think I'm think good. Probably gonna, yeah. Uh, it's a really good current rundown too. I mean, maybe we can address this, you know, maybe, maybe we could probably make this like an annual thing. Like, Hey, this is who I've added. This is who I've gone away from. Uh, but right now this is, uh, these are all definitely all of my subscriptions. And aside from the ones that I'm not subscribed to, but check off and on, I mean, I've got content for days. This is, this is my TV folks. This is, this is awesome. Uh, so I put that to you then audience. What, YouTube, Twitch, uh, or anything around that content creators do you subscribe to? What are your favorites? Uh, what, 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 what ones have you been with since their beginning or been with the longest? Uh, why do you like those content creators? What do they do that appeal to you? Uh, why do you pick them above? Cause man, there's, there's content creators all over the place so what made you pick them what made you stick with them if you have ones that you don't watch or or, or a check live anymore like why not what made you go away from them 
plenty of YouTube uh, or Twitch content creator stories out there, I guarantee. And we love to hear about them. Uh, or anything else that we talked about today, any of the games we mentioned, anything you want to talk about, we love to hear feedback from you, I promise. Uh, there's many ways to get us that feedback. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for End of Timecast. It'll take you to our main page where we post all the updates for the episodes. It may be how you found this episode right here. We have a traditional email. You can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can find that and, and tweet us. Whatever you want to do. Any way you want to get us content, I promise you, at this early stage, still at episode 56, Chris? Yes. This is episode 56. You pr- probably at this point still going to get it read. Uh, and we'd love to just hear feedback, man, just in general. I would love to hear people uh, or read people email us and, and give us their thoughts. Interaction is probably the second most important reason why I even get on this mic and do this. So uh, anything you want to discuss, talk I'm about, gripes, comments, complaints. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anything at all, we would love to hear from your audience, even if it's just to say, hey, be nice. Uh, and yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. And until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs>